They don't advertise for killers in a newspaper. That was my profession. Ex-cop. Ex-blade runner. Ex-killer. Hey, Bidiwa. Welcome to Blade Runner in Character, where you'll hear things you people wouldn't believe. Oh, I agree. Each episode, myself and Ian, two not exactly pleasure models, will in turn look at a character from both the original and 2049. I hope you don't mind me taking the liberty. I was careful not to drag in any dirt. Their scenes, their backstory, the actor, behind the scenes, trivia, and I'm sure an awful lot of waffling. Where's the subject? Well, hello and welcome to episode 23 and our final episode of this show. Yes, before we uh, retire this show completely. Yeah, we are retiring this show, um, looking at Rick Deckard. Yeah, do you think people call him Ricky? Ricky Deckard. Ricky Deckard. Ricky Dicky. Ricky Um, Dicky. Tricky Ricky Dicky Deckard. Does anybody call him Rick in the film? Uh, They don't, do they? No. No, there's Deck. Brian calls him Deck. It's that, uh, it's that um, film thing where he only has a last name in, it in the film. Yeah, and I think it suits yeah. him just to be called yeah. Deckard all the way through. Because I don't know where in America, but obviously in the UK, if you're Rick or Richard, you're Dick, aren't you? Yes. Dick yes. Deckard. This is a question then about yes. Deckard. I d- you don't know this. Nobody oh, knows this apart from my family. But in my family... Nobody calls me Eric. They all call me Rick. And Eric. I really don't know why. Is it because they knock the E off? Eric. Rick. Yeah, I don't know what it is. My is, it, mum, is, that, is that E too much to say? Is it? Maybe, that, yeah, they can't be asked to say it. Well, in, um, in the 70s, we, we, could, uh, we were charged per syllable that we spoke, weren't we, under Thatcher? So. Maybe that's what it yeah. is. It, it would be very odd if my brother or sister really? called me... I- Eric, it, 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 I would I would have to think twi- if so, if someone called you Rick, I would have to think twice. Why are they calling Rick? Is that his middle name? But I've it never been comfortable. Yeah. I'm comfortable with my family calling me it. But if anybody else called me it, because yeah. in my mind Rick is like you know it's Rick Mail, isn't it? It's Rick Mail. Yeah. It's it's Rick from the Young Ones. Yeah. You know, um, it's Rick with a silent P, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's Your Rick, Rick O'Shea. With a silent e. Yeah. Yeah, you got Rick O'Shea in Thunderbirds. Yeah. yeah. Rick, bing, bing, bing. O'Shea and uh, Rick Random, who was a uh, you know nineteen sixties. He, he, he was like a Dan Dare ripoff in like oh, the nineteen right. sixties comics. Rick Random, but Rick is like a that's what cowboys were called. You know, that's yeah. a proper American hero. Well, name. I I think it's more that's what cowboys' dogs were called, and it that's Rin Tin Tin. Rin Tin Tin, yeah, and Rusty yeah. Rick. But, yeah, but, Rick but the question, weird. well, the, this is the thing if. Deckard's real name is Rick. If his first name is Rick, is that short for Richard, or could it be Eric? Well, Eric, Eric Deckard. Deckard. Oh. There's finally an yeah, Eric, an Eric a hero can, Eric. You can look up to. Yes. I'll take that. Know. Yeah. I've, to be honest, until you said that, I've never heard anyone short an Eric to Rick. No, Perhaps it's only in my thing. family. If, any, if our listener knows of anyone that's really called Eric but gets called Rick. I've never heard that before. I mean, my brother's called Kevin and we call him Kev. But that's fine. Yeah. But no, nobody, no one else calls me Rick. It would be like, it'd be like 
shortening my name from Ian to Anne. I mean, or, it'd be confusing at home, wouldn't it? Or E. Yeah, or E. Um, that's just weird, yeah. yeah big E. A, I've got a big well, E. Medium-sized E. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the weather, medium-sized E. All right, um, enough about me. Yeah. Let's talk about Deckard. Yes. Then. Deckard. Yeah. Um, the hero, or Deckard ma- maybe... With- with a K or without a K, <laughs> depending on whether you're reading the book or not. Yes. Now, in this book, of course, yes. Um, in the book, Deckard is married. He yes. has a wife. Yeah. Um, it just seems wrong, doesn't it? It, it, doesn't it seem wrong. Yes. Also, he has an electric sheep he up does, on the yeah. roof that he keeps up on the roof, but he covets his neighbour's horse, which is real. Yeah. I'm glad none of this was in the film. Can you imagine it? Harrison Ford with an electric sheep. Up on the roof. Up on the roof, yeah. And all he wants out of life is a real horse. Well, I don't know, so you shouldn't cover thy neighbour's ass or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, also, what I'm glad Deckard in the film doesn't have, which yep. he has in, in the novel, is a secretary. Yes. He has an office and he has a secretary. In in the... I know the film is very sort of noirish, but in the, in the Philip K. Dick novel... He is just a gumshoe, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He is. He's that classic. Yeah, got a ditzy secretary wife that, that you never get the feeling he really gets on with. There's not a lot of understanding between them. No. Um, everything's much, much more mundane yes. than the film version. So I, I'm really happy they didn't do that. Yeah, I mean Hampton Fincher. He was the yeah. first person who had the first pass at, at creating a script, and I think he he read the novel and he took bits out yeah. and wisely left things in. I mean, one of the things he, he, he took out is, and it's almost exactly the same, but in the book, Deckard says, a humanoid robot is like any other machine. It can fluctuate between being a benefit and a hazard very rapidly. As a benefit, it's not our problem. So he was taking bits out of the novel and then yeah. just turning it around a bit, giving it a bit of a tweak or a polish. Which but is whole the, things the right he jettisoned. Way to adapt it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah they, they jettisoned the whole mercerism nonsense which is just interminable in the book the, you know the religion that sprung up and all that um, I, I sort of equate the, uh, the the Philip K. Dick novel versus the film the same way as um, Logan's Run versus the film mm-hmm. where they took the bare bones ideas and some of the sort of phraseology some of the lines but then dumped all the the horrible world building that just doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and, and as you say, in the novel here, you know, they they got rid of the whole religion aspect yeah. of it. The whole thing after he's killed Luba Loft, who is Zora in the film, he's taken to a police headquarters that he doesn't recognise. Yeah. Uh, they don't recognise him. They don't even know what a void comp uh, machine is. And it's this whole paranoia thing that uh, Philip K. Dick uh, is famous for, what is real and what isn't yeah. real. All of that was jettisoned as well. Yeah, they, they, they simplified it. I mean, I was thinking about this earlier, because obviously it's flared up again on Facebook, the, is Deckard a human or not? And I mean, it doesn't really matter, but the thing I like with all the different versions of the film is there's a version for whatever you want because mm. in, in the original theatrical cut he's quite obviously human and it's just a mundane police story there's there's, n- it's, there's not a huge amount of philosophical 
sort of content to it and then as you go on you get right to the final cut where he's obviously a replicant and it's more about it's not really a police story at that point no. it doesn't do a lot of detecting work in it um, so there's there's versions for everything but I just don't think the much like the Logan's Run world in the novels I don't think Philip K. Dick's world building is great he was never that sort of a writer um and it just it, it wouldn't have worked. Mm. Or if they had done a literal version, which I'm surprised no one's done since, you know, like a t- cheap TV movie or something. Um, I just don't think it would have been the success it was, or eventually was. Hmm. Yeah. Do you, can you remember? I'm, I guess you were too small when when Blade Runner first came out. I think I, I haven't looked it up. I mean, that, he had just finished making. Harrison Ford had just finished making Raiders of the Lost Ark, hadn't yep. he? So I'm assuming Raiders of the Lost Ark came out first, and yep. then we got Blade Runner. So, Well, yeah, 100%, that must have been the case, cause, because my brother um, absolutely loved, it was a huge Harrison Ford, I mean, he named his oh, son on. Harrison. You know? mm. But he, he had seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I remember everyone was shocked at the length of Harrison Ford's hair in Blade Runner. Mm. Um, you know, and obviously he'd been uh, Han Solo, so uh, yeah, he was riding on the crest of Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm being daft. Yeah, yeah no, um, Raiders Lost Ark was '81. Yeah, Blade Runner was '82 because I started in November '81 in the cinema, and I hadn't shown Raiders Lost Ark. We had it back on on on, on a re-release. Yeah, but when I started, Raiders had been out and gone and then yeah Blade Runner came along the next year so yeah no my question was can you remember were you old enough to to, to think oh there's this new science fiction film coming out with Han Solo stroke Indiana Jones and what you thought of that yeah I, I remember seeing in like Star Logs and things like that <coughs> I, n- I never managed to see um, uh, Blade Runner in the cinema on its initial run, like say I I came to it VHS um, and I think it was must have been, would you, would, do you know what certificate it would have been? What, Blade Runner? Blade Runner, yeah. It was a double A, double so you a. had to be 14 or more. Yeah, so yeah, 82, I was just 14, so I didn't see it, I definitely saw Raiders um, at the cinema and then... Uh, yeah, but know, that was a PG. Yeah, so. that was a PG but, but Blade Runner I never saw, but I was aware of it. Um, I, I, de- I remember seeing it on um, film 81 or 82 or whatever it one was previous on, and um, Barry Norman hating it and saying it was like, uh, you know, a, a crappy pot boiler. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just remember thinking, because to me, like, you had... Han- you know, Harrison Ford was Han Solo mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones was Han Solo we're having a different you know what I mean I, I, when you're that sort of age 12, 13 you don't really understand that these are actors mm. bar a very sort of superficial sense so to me it was like yeah it's like oh it, you know Han Solo's in a new film I remember wanting to watch it I remember wanting to watch it um, like I say, as soon as it came out on VHS, it was like, yeah, and then it was like, oh, 
this isn't Star Wars. That's exactly the reaction the film got when it first yeah. came out, because Harrison Ford's in another science fiction film, yeah. it's another Star Wars. So yeah. they go along expecting to see their Harrison Ford, you know, be it yeah, Han yeah, Solo think... or Indiana Jones in space, and people were just shocked yeah. that this is a serious science fiction tale. Yeah, and also... Like I say, yeah, I think you're right. People were expecting, not necessarily just Han Solo, but Harrison Ford was definitely an action star, wasn't he? He yes. appeared in action films. Not in the classic sort of Schwarzenegger, because they hadn't come along yet, but, but you know, films where things happened, there was lots of running about and shooting bang, bang. And I think, yeah, Blade Runner was like, this isn't, this isn't another Star Wars. This isn't another Indiana Jones. Um therefore bad and I think it took it took a while for that general view to change didn't it where people well, went actually we don't need it to be another sort of runny about shooting no, things no I can't remember but I don't think we had Blade Run on, on the first release no. more than two weeks it didn't do well it's only yeah. the advent of video yeah. that saw it and that, then yeah, that so, might have been the reason it might never have come to Oxford you know, we 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 only had a, an ABC and a, an independent. It might not have appeared because that's weird to think as well, isn't it? Is if something was released um, at the same time as other shows, they would bump some films to not appear. Yes, and keep the old ones going. Yeah, it's but, unthinkable now, but it used uh, to happen. Yeah, yeah, but eighty-two. It it this is pre multiplexes. Yes. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. um, I was lucky. The cinema I was in um, was a three-screener, but most places yeah. were were either single or, or dual screen. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah, so I, I can imagine it. They're going to go... I don't... I mean, it'd be, actually, it'd be interesting to look and see when it was released and what was also released that week or the couple of weeks before. But I can imagine if, say, E.T. was on, Mm. Then the cinema is going to go. Okay, do we do we keep ET on, which we know is making money, or do we take it off and show this film that's got really bad reviews from all the critics? They're going yeah. to bump it, aren't they? Or like you say, at best they'll shove it on at the eleven o'clock showing. Or uh, the other thing is, um, you yeah, okay? The film opens, but we can only have it two weeks because in three weeks' time, yeah, ET or something exactly, is coming yeah. out. You know. Yeah. So it, it was definitely a different, a different world, yeah. Back then for cinema, but um, I can I can remember watching it. It was Screen One, I know that, um, and uh, and I can remember it opening day, watching it and just falling in love with it. And uh, yeah. as massive a fan of I am of Harrison Ford in the first Star Wars film and Raiders of the Lost Ark, equally up there was was Deckard, um, um, you know. Um, fell in love with him and the film um, immediately from the yeah. get-go. I think, I think for me it was a little bit different because I was also of that age when I was still a kid. So the films that really resonated with you um, were also ones that you could play, you could go out and reenact. So mm -hmm. things like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, but you couldn't really go out and reenact Blade Runner, could you? No. You sat, sat in your pallet shed going, oh, okay, uh, Johnny, I'm going to give you a Voigt-Kampf test to see if your emotional blush responses are the same as normal. Like, what? Okay, yeah. I'm going to shoot you as a stormtrooper. Oh, much better. Yeah. <laughs> I've just called up 
UK cinema releases, 1982, oh, yeah. all right? And Blade Runner came out in the UK in September, 9th of September, yep, so 1982, yep. right? Um, two weeks later, and it was definitely in screen one, I can remember it being in screen one, and I think this is why Blade Runner left, uh, Poltergeist. Oh, there you go, yeah, I can remember going to see Poltergeist at the cinema. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's why we only had it two weeks. I'm sure uh, it didn't move to another be. screen. I think it, it came along. It didn't do much. All right, get it out of the way. Poltergeist is coming. Because yeah. we've said before, 82 was a cracker of a year, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we had some, some great films. And I, I can remember, because back then, going to the cinema was a treat. It was, I mean, it's even more so now these days with the cost. But it was, it was like... It, very occasionally, if there was like a uh, a summer matinee, you might be allowed to go on your own. But generally, yeah, your parents had to go with you. Yes. So I was quite lucky that if it was a, a sci-fi film, Dad would normally want to go. But he was working a lot of the time. So, yeah, it was it was just difficult to see a film. That's why uh, VHS, when it came out, was so revolutionary. Mm. You know. I'm looking down the list here. Other films that were, came out in the UK in 82, we had um, Porky's. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Pink Floyd's The Wall, yep. Star Trek Two, Rocky yep, Three, that. John Carpenter's The Thing, yep, that. Uh, Poltergeist, as I say, The Entity, Tron. Um, yeah, it's so much. Yeah, First good. Blood, E.T., Evil Dead, Dark Crystal. <laughs> well, it yeah, was a big year. That. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, it's, it was against some stiff competition. Yes, and uh, and as I say, went away, came back, had a bit of a resurgence on video, but I think what really, really, and I can remember it happening, what really kicked off the cult of Blade Runner was when the special edition came out on video, and yes. suddenly it had a, a, a fresh new life and a yeah, new re-evaluation of the yeah, film. Yeah, because we, we had the... It came out on Warner's Big Box... I had my ex-rental, yeah, yes. I had mine, yeah. Uh, and I, like I say, I've said before, I, it was a slow burn for me. I had to watch it a few times before I thought, actually, you know what, this is really good. And then I went and got my ex-rent. I remember the good old days when you'd go and buy ex-rent tapes. Yeah, yeah. Badger the guy in the shop enough and they'd sell you the one on that. I, but you I always took to that chance, is it knackered? Yeah, I, th- th- there was a shop up in London, down yep. in Soho somewhere, that uh, sold ex-rentals. I was buying them from there all yeah. the time. Um and um, yeah, so you had that, and then you're, you're right. You had the because spe- was it was it after Aliens the special edition? So I'm trying to think what was the first of the directors. I, 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 I think Aliens special yeah, edition I think was first, was, and then and then Ridley Scott obviously thought oh, I'd sniff a bit of this money, um, and yeah, and the the director's cut came out, and yeah, I can remember that was a big thing, you know when that came out and like you say I think that did that did cause a bit of a resurgence mm. uh, of it to the point where um, the f- when when DVD first came out and was you know scorned the first uh, UK DVD ever released was Blade Runner mm. um, and it was awful it was a flipper and the picture quality was rubbish <laughs> and it almost it almost single handedly killed DVD because um, again we haven't got a clue about how to handle successful marketing in the UK. It's like, should we, should we do a new print of it? Nah, just, just 
Yeah. Compress it, compress it to hell. But it's a dark film. Ah, people love blocky squares. They love it. I remember being buying that and being so disappointed. I went to a place in London, and it was the only place you could get uh, DVDs, and you couldn't afford a player because they were like a grand. So I had the um, the Pinnacle DVD drive on my computer, um, and I remember watching it and thinking, "Oh, if this is DVD. It ain't going to catch on." Because that would have been after yeah. Laserdisc. Oh, yeah. I had it on Laserdisc. Yeah, so did I. Um, I had the the American Criterion Laserdisc, yeah. and it was wonderful. It was like, oh, I wish I still had it. There was loads of extras on that as well. It was like a PDF thing you could read yes. as a book and yeah, stuff like that, that was wasn't there? And um, I, miss, I miss my Laserdisc. But, yeah, I, I had it on that, and that's where I was so disappointed because people were going, oh, DVD uh, has the capability to be better than Laserdisc. And it's like... Don't be silly. Mm. Laserdisc is... How can, you, how can you improve on perfection? Mm. Um, yeah, and bought this disc, <laughs> and it was just... It was like, oh, dear. Uh, and so I was a, quite a late convert to DVD because of because that disc was so bad. Mm. Um, yeah, don't blame you. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's it. That's the preamble out of the way. Let's start talking about... That our, was just the preamble. That was the preamble. 20 minutes in, let's go. Um, yes. I do miss... Like, like whenever we do our podcast, when we yep. watch something over and over again, we look at things a different way or we re-evaluate. And that's definitely been the case with me with Roy Batty because Roy yes. Batty um, played second fiddle to me to yeah. begin with, with Blade Runner. But, Deckard but, was, yeah. was now, number now one. You're, now you're a confirmed Batty boy. Aren't you? I am a Batty yeah. boy now. Yeah. Um, also, the notion of Deckard being a hero, I yes. now question. Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. I... I always, weirdly, I always, because it's Harrison Ford, isn't it? And it's the same with Indiana Jones. It's like, it's Harrison Ford, of course he's a hero. It says the hero's back. Um, And I I recently rewatched them all. He's not a hero. He's an absolute shit. Um, And I think in this as well, he doesn't do anything heroic. Well, no, we'll talk about that when we get to it, okay? Because I've I've had a a way that I can actually bring him back and make him into a hero again. Oh, right. I mean, right. the only the only thing he does that's quite brave is he eats sushi off of a, a, a fast food stall uh, on the street. Yes, you know, that is brave. Is, yeah, that's very brave. Yeah, um, but the other thing about watching Blade Runner endlessly for this show is yeah. um, when I started this, I said right at the beginning I prefer the theatrical yes. cut with yeah, the audio always, narration. You've always maintained that that's your version. Yeah, but uh, not anymore. Watching really? it now well, with the audio that's... narrations, uh, I, uh, it's like, oh no, this is painful now. Wow. Except for, except for, I must say, I do like the opening narration, you know, when the camera, you know, pans down past the white dragon. Yeah. The yeah, white yeah, dragon, yeah. last time we see the white dragon. And and that lovely shot, it must be the camera on, a, on an arm. It comes down past the roof of the noodle bar, past the white dragon, yeah. along to our hero standing against that shop window. I miss the narration about, you know, how his ex-wife used to call him cold fish. Yeah. You know? I, I, I don't, because I, I, I'm a, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool uh, Deckard's replicant. I, d- I don't see how anyone can not Yeah, but can't he have the memory of an ex-wife? Well, that, yeah, you could certainly do that. But I think, I think the narration... Like I say, it turns it from a from a, a, a quite a philosophical uh, treatise on 
what it means to be human is fascinating, you know, um, depending on your beliefs and that, you know. Um, but the original version is it turns it into just a, a pot boiler film noir. But and it, also, it's, too, it's again, it, it, it's sort of mundane. Well, also, I don't know his inner workings. But the other thing is, you know, watching it now, and we're older, and we look, we look back, and we think about the uh, narration. Yeah. The question that I've never really considered before about that narration is, who is he talking to when he yeah. tells this story? Well, that's the, that's the trouble with all narrations, really, isn't it? Hmm. Is who are they telling? Hmm. I like to think that he's um, uh, he's boring Rachel in that long car journey at the end. <laughs> She's going, oh, for God's sake, you won't shut up. I if it's too late to go back to me uncle. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know who he's telling. I uh, don't know. You know? Uh, th- th- there's a fallacy, isn't there, that uh, Harrison Ford is pissed off for doing it, and that's why he sounds really bored in the narration yeah, and everything. Yeah, th- uh, there's this thing with with Harrison Ford, isn't it, that you, you, can, see, you can see visibly when he's not interested in a product uh, project mm. Mm. and i don't think this is the case i think he is acting in that because it's classic sam spade isn't it? again the there is a fallacy that this narration was put in because after a test screening people didn't understand what was going on going in which is hugely insulting to the audience yeah well um, have you met some of the audiences um, <laughs> but the thing is the the the, the narration, there's two narrations, aren't there? And one was definitely yeah. on the work print anyway, and the work print would have been before... There always was yeah. going to be a narration. Hampton Fitcher's original script yeah. had narration, and but the narration we get in the theatrical thing isn't that. That was done after the fact. Everything yeah. was done. They decided to junk it, but a decision was made to, no, we will put the narration back in. This was without Ridley Scott's uh, involvement... And one of the extras on the Blu-ray, it's audio only, but you hear Harrison Ford doing the reading. And there's somebody in the room, it must be one of the executives, is, you know, telling him what to do and da-da-da. And and he's incredibly polite, Harrison Ford. He's calling the man sir, but he ain't happy. You can tell before he's even starting to read the words on the page. Harrison Ford isn't happy with the way this is turning out. And I think that's what people are picking up on. It's yeah. not a, a, I don't think it's a deliberate vocal inflection that Harrison Ford is putting in. It's more, that's the circumstances under which it was recorded. Yeah, because like I say, when we come to, to the, the top and bottom five performances later on... Um, you can tell when he's not interested. He, I don't think he's that sort of an actor that... Like Michael Caine, no matter what it is, the biggest piece of shit going, he'll give you a good performance and he'll put his all in. I don't think Harrison Ford's one of those actors. I think he's, sort, he's, he's a Christopher Lloyd. If he's not interested, yeah, you're not going to get much of a performance out of him. Um, it'd be interesting to know who that exec was though in mm. recording yeah because whoever it he, was yeah, he, uh, did, uh, he didn't agree with the actual wording of the narration did he I don't no. think he was against the narration as such I think it was more he didn't he thought it was 
a dumb thing to do as far as the wording on it. Yes, yeah. I mean, and as as we don't know who that executive was, no. we don't know actually who wrote the narration. It's not no. Hampton Fincher and it's not David Peoples. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those mysteries. Yeah. But so, I, 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 can, I, I sort of understand, you know, because you used to say that because you'd listened to it so often... Yeah, it that went into my psyche, you, yeah. yes. And I, I'm sort of the same with Dune. I can't imagine the 1984 Dune without the voiceovers. And to the point where when, when I came to watch uh, uh, Denny Villeneuve's Dune, I was waiting, my brain was waiting. What's, why are they not? What? What's going on? And so I, I understand what you're doing, but I... As soon as I saw the version, which I think it was the was it the first um, director's cut they cut out the, I think it was the narration. As soon as I saw that version, I immediately thought this is better. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan at all of the. I'll occasionally watch a couple of scenes to remind me, but I very rapidly go, oh god, no, this is just too. Yeah, but there are deleted scenes with yeah. further narration, and yeah. the narration in those scenes is even worse. Yeah really bad I told you about the one um, um, when he goes to uh, JF's apartment and, and he basically in narration um, explains what replicants are he, in the narration yeah. he does the whole speech that Bryant does but far far worse than Bryant's little speech about what a replicant is if you can't if you can't organically take your audience along with you then narration is just awful isn't it you should mm. never never stop no. I mean it, to the point I, I, there's a lot of things I don't agree with Gene Roddenberry on but he did push when they were doing the original Star Trek pilot the, the studio wanted like when they brought a phaser out to explain what the phaser was like and he said well you don't get a cop show where someone pulls their 45 and explains how mm. bullets work he says just use it people will understand it's a gun and I think this is the same I don't I mean, we, although we're still discussing what is a replicant, you don't need to know the inner workings of it to get the philosophical no. nature of do they have a, air quotes, soul. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I don't know whether it, they thought the audience... Because there's always that, that thing that everyone brings up on everything, and it? it's like, oh, the audience was too dumb to understand. Yeah. Um, and it's usually... It's not the audience is too dumb to understand. It's a studio executive is yes, too dumb to understand. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay, let's let's go then. Um, the camera then goes down to him in silence because we're watching yep. the Blu-ray, the final version, and there he is uh, reading his newspaper. I said the newspaper he's reading is the newspaper that will end up in Leon's uh, drawer yep. uh, when he's looking through and finds those photos. Um, Harrison Ford with the Noodle Master. We've discussed this already, but yeah. he, he... I was thinking earlier, right? I think Harrison Ford might be the last Hollywood star that has that, at least for me, the, the, the icon status of Hollywood leading man that were almost like gods. You know, going back to the golden age of Hollywood, you know, where you look at that person on the screen and you are watching a superstar. Yeah, he, he, he definitely has that Clark Gable sort of 
presence, doesn't he? he you, you can see you can see why he became a, a leading star. Oh, he's um, just he's yeah. just magnetic. Is a word I'll use. You know, he he gets called across by the Noodle Master. I love his whole no two two four. Yeah. <laughs> and we've discussed on the Noodle Ma- yeah. Master scene. You know, this whole bickering about you know. Um, Oh, and noodles. <laughs> yeah, and this this is the sort of world building that's great. And you, as an audience member, you you immediately recognise this, and you it builds so much into this world without a voiceover saying what's happening. Mm. Yeah, really. yeah. So much. This happened with Mad Max in yeah. character, and it happened with the thing in character, which is when we reach our final episode pretty much every scene we've already discussed yes, when we're yeah. talking about the other person that's in the scene so yeah the, the the lead character is usually not in scenes on their own so we've already discussed them very yeah. little there's very yeah. little um there are moments we'll talk about today where Deckard is by himself and we can finally yeah. talk about something new but yeah refer you to the noodle master scene but he you know when he pretends not to understand gaff I mean, he looks cool just with a mouthful of noodles. When he goes, tell him I'm eating, and he's yeah. got a mouthful of noodles, I wouldn't look that cool if I had a mouthful well, of there, noodles. Yeah, there's t- certain there's certain film stars, certain actors, that can get away with looking cool doing anything. Yeah. You know, like you say, yeah, if, if, if someone asked us while we're eating fast food. We just look a slob. We're going to look a slob. And they're going to get sprayed in half tuna, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah. You know. Oh. Yeah, and it, he is he is effortlessly cool. He is. He, oh, he, he is. And when, when you know, um, Gav goes Captain Bryant, like that, yeah. and he goes Bryant, and he has that smirk on his face. Yeah. You know, the Harrison Ford smirk. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it, it could be patented, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, he he's he's got a roguish charm about him, hasn't he? Let's yep. be honest. Yep. Um, I I think it's I think it it, or it then uh, sort of gives more kudos to to uh, Gaff in this scene that Gaff I think matches him cool for cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when when he goes and crashes his way into Bryant's yeah. office. I've never understood the line he says. I was quit when I came in here. I'm twice as quit, quit now. now yeah. What does that mean? I'm I'm well, he, quit yeah. when I came in here. I'm twice as quit now. I think it was um, he's saying I I'm retired, so I'm quit. And the fact that you've just pulled me in heavy-handed, I'm twice as quit. So you're gonna you're gonna have to work twice as hard to mm, get okay. me interested. I think he doesn't he doesn't appreciate his dinner being interrupted. No. But if he is a replicant Blade Runner, has he really quit? Or is that a memory that That's he's quit? That's a memory, isn't it? I reckon. Right. So, when we see him at the beginning, he's still a Blade Runner, but he has a memory that he's quit as a Blade Runner. Well, I don't think he ever was a Blade Runner. I think ah. he's got a memory that he's a Blade Runner, and he's got a memory that he's a quit Blade Runner. Okay. All right. Uh, another question during this yeah. scene with Bryant. Um, he says to Bryant... What do they risk coming back to Earth for? That's unusual. Well, if it's unusual, well, it can't be that unusual, yeah. Yeah, but if it's if it's unusual, why have a Blade Runner unit? Exactly, then? yeah. Yeah, you don't. 
when we discussed Brian, yeah, it you don't have a whole police department if something happens once in a blue moon. Hmm. Which again suggests that Deckard's memories aren't accurate. Well, this again, this is giving credence and more re-evaluation of the character in that if he is a replicant Blade Runner, he might have just been grown or woken up that morning. Yeah. Plump down in front of the noodle bar and this is day one of him being a replicant because he says what's this when he sees Roy Batty and and Bryant goes Nexus 6 Deckard doesn't know what a Nexus 6 no. is if, if he if he's human and he's retired it could be that he's been retired long enough that, it, that the Nexus 6 is something new but hmm. We, he sort of, you get the feeling. I mean, he's still up to date on, um, on uh, the, the happenings now. When he, you know, in the cutscenes when he goes to the hospital to speak to Holden, he's still up to date. It, yeah, it, it is very strange that he doesn't know what a Nexus Six is. Yeah. Furthermore, he doesn't know about them having memories. Memories, no. You know, which suggests that. If he is human and he was a Blade Runner and he was tracking down these rare uh, replicants that come to Earth, that they must have been really primitive, you know, androids. Yeah, it's like they Terminator, the, the, yeah. the first Terminators with their rubber skin, they were yeah. easy to spot. Which makes you wonder why uh, Bryant would want him. Yeah. It'd be, you know, I mean, it'd be like going, um, we've, got, we've got a major uh, cyber crime going on here let's get Dixon of Doc Green but sir he he retired 20 years ago and the last thing he was doing was uh, arresting bicycle thieves oh he'd be brilliant at it yeah Yeah. what if he's that out of touch but if he is if he is a replicant is he one of Tyrell's in which case does does is Tyrell in on it and does he go through a charade if we believe uh Jared Leto in 2049. Yes, he. This this whole thing is to get him and Rachel together mm. and breed him. I mean, there's got to be easier ways to do it. Just put the memory in that they're lovers or something. Yeah. You know what I mean, but I I think I think this. Yeah. If 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 Deckard is a replicant, then I think Tyrell is in on this. And this is all just this. This could be Q and A for testing the Nexus 6. He's a field I mean, test. Yeah, a field test. I I sort of think that Tyrell has set up Batty and everything. This is all a test. This is all... Let's, let's poke the ant's nest and see what happens. Let's, uh, in which case, the one thing he yeah. didn't factor in is that Roy Batty would find a way well, to yeah, come exactly, and find yeah. him. Mm. That's interesting. I wish somebody <coughs> would write a book, you know, from that, taking yeah. it at that stance. That would be... That would be very interesting. Yeah, I think I think there's, there's definitely um, definitely different. You know, we get the the Marvel what ifs. Yes, it's like they should do a Blade Runner. Blade Runner what, what if? if. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we've we've talked about him meeting Rachel and the, and yes. the testing of Rachel. We've talked about him meeting Tyrell. We've talked about him exploring Leon's apartment and him being a dick to Rachel when she follows him back to his apartment. But we haven't really talked about this zooming in on the photo yes, sequence. which is a, a very, very um, sort of famous sequence because it gets tra- trotted, or used to get trotted out 
every time there's a, a breakthrough in photo manipulation, mm. you know, Tomorrow's World would try it out, things like that, when paint come out. Um, we're not quite there yet, are we? No. You know, um, at least this is meant to be futuristic. It annoys me when you see things like CSI, where they go, they watch in security footage and it's just a pixel of colour and they go, uh, zoom and enhance, and it goes, and it shows a crystal clear 4K image of the person. Um, I still don't know how these photos work in black. I don't, unless it's not our understanding of a photo and it's like, you know, it's a hologram yeah. and there's layers upon layers and that's what this yeah. machine is yeah. doing. It's more of a scan of the room than a, yeah. a, 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 a light pattern on yeah. paper. Um, do you remember, they, they, they never really went very far, but do you remember the old 3D cameras that yeah. produced a 3D uh, photo? that you could look at. You didn't need glasses or anything like that. It was like a 3D, very thick. Um, I sort of thought, I wonder if it's meant to be like that, but yeah, it's, it, it's also the fact that as he's zooming in, the, it's like, it's like he, sees, he sees the reflection of uh, Zora and it's like uh, enhanced. Blah, 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 blah. And then we get a shot and it's like, that's not even the same no. pose. No. What the hell? <laughs> to the point where I wondered if, um, if it, it, it's... Ridley Scott's uh, sort of wayward editing, where actually there was a, a couple of scenes where he goes, "Okay, let's do the other photo." But no, it might be. Yeah, it might and be. it's just bit then merged into one. Yeah, I do remember in '82 watching this and just being very impressed that there's a uh, a, a computer system that responds to voice, which yeah. we've got now. We we've have that now, yeah. that that bit, but you've got the very clunkety click 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 as the you know the green graph goes along and over yeah. the picture. It, uh, still quite it sweet more, though. Yeah, it is quite sweet. It'd been more accurate if he had gone uh, uh, quadrant three, enhance and zoom, and then the computer goes, ordering you a pizza. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that would have been more realistic. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's it again. It's subtle sci-fi, isn't it? Because yes. back when we watched this, 2019, it, we were never going to reach that year. No. We would have been wiped out in a nuclear holocaust by then. I'll tell you what's great in this scene as well is when he's doing it, he's obviously talking to a computer, but you've got no, you know, uh, Jerry yeah. Anderson, UFO, big computer banks with whirling, yeah. whirling know, discs. Whirling of tape. He yeah. just climbs over his settee. He's got a glass yeah. in his hand, and it's, <laughs> he's in that wonderfully cluttered apartment of his. But you never see his computer. No. Um, but he's obviously talking to it, um, and I'm glad. Do you, do you for that. think that in the corner of his room there was someone like Raymond from Thunderbirds just sat there? Well, I'm glad we didn't see it. I mean, we've you know um, the thing in character. You know, when McCready's playing chess with yeah. that very um, ancient-looking computer, I'm glad we didn't see anything of that type in Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. You don't want, you don't want to be seeing. Uh, you know, RST-32 interface boards in Blade Runner. No, 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 no. All right, well, we'll fast forward to him um, meeting Zora yes. for the first time, and that voice. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, Miss Salome, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm from the American Federation of Variety Artists. Oh, yeah? I'm not here to make you join. No, ma'am, that's not my department. Actually, uh... I'm from the uh, Confidential Committee on Moral Abuses. Committee of Moral Abuses? Yes, ma'am. There's been some reports that the management has been taking liberties with the artists in this place. I don't 
don't know nothing about it. Have you felt yourself to be exploited in any way? How do you mean exploited? Well, like to get this job. I mean, did did you do or, or were you asked to do anything that's lewd or unsavory or otherwise uh, repulsive to to your person? Huh? <laughs> Are you for real? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'd like to, to check your dressing room, if I may. For what? For, uh, for holes. Holes? Well, you, you'd be surprised what a guy would go through to get a glimpse of a beautiful body. No, I wouldn't. But uh, little, uh, dirty holes, they, uh, drill in the walls so they can watch a lady undress. Is this a real snake? Of course it's not real. You gotta be working in a place like this if I could afford a real snake. <clears throat> so if somebody does try and exploit me, who do I go to about it? Me? You're a dedicated man. Try me. Did you know? Are you aware of what Harrison Ford is doing? Why he's doing that voice? Uh, I don't, unless it's something like, uh, is it a character that's known in America or something yeah. live? Or... Yeah, yeah, it's somebody yeah. you know. The oh, script didn't say anything about he puts on this strange voice. It just, yeah. the dialogue that he speaks is the dialogue that's in the script. Now, Harrison Ford went to Ridley Scott and says, can I do it? in a Jerry Lewis voice. Really? Okay. And if you watch that, thinking yeah. Jerry Lewis, he is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Harrison it is, it Ford is, is doing it. Excuse me, Miss Dallamy. Can I have a yeah. word? It is Jerry Lewis, isn't it? Yeah. That's probably why I don't like it. I can't <laughs> stand Jerry Lewis. Yeah, but it could be worse. He could have done a Dean yeah. Martin and be slurring true, his words. Yeah. yeah. I suppose he's Dean Martin in every other scene with a drink, isn't he? Yes. So yeah, now, well. now he's Jerry Lewis. I do like how, you know, he goes into her apartment and she's turned her back to him. He's keeping the voice going, but he yeah. drops the, the silly look on his face. He's yeah, dead yeah, serious. He gets serious, yeah. But he's keeping the voice the same. And as soon as she turns to look at him, pop, the, the face comes back up again. Yeah. Um, we did, I don't know, I think we mentioned it in the Zora thing, but because um, obviously he doesn't do any Voight Kampf test on her. No. So how does he know she's not human? Because I'm presuming he's not, it's not, he hasn't got a license to kill humans. Well, I think we talked about this in the Zora yeah. um, episode. What was his plan? If she hadn't yeah. attacked him, yeah, what, well, what is he go, doing? You know, I just want to check uh, to see if you have been peeped on. Can you look into this uh, portable bellows machine from my suitcase? Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. This is why the Voight Kampf test is so pointless a way of finding out because what if they go yeah I'm not doing that yeah yeah he is cool and you know yeah. when, when Zora's you know having her shower and drying her hair he does this puzzled look 
to the camera. He's like walking around and he's got this puzzled look on his face. If you and I tried that, we'd just look gormless. Yeah. Um, it's far too. This is. This must be a coincidence. The, the the two films are too close together. Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones. But him gingerly touching that snake when he says, "Is this snake real?" Yeah. You know, Indiana Jane Jones is scared of snakes. Yeah, I think I wonder if there was a, an element of that. It can't be that they've seen. Oh, I don't know though. Well, yeah, but Harrison Ford knows it, doesn't he? Yes. He might have put it in that, like, as a little joke or a little nod. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. He's what I love about Harrison Ford in yep. in um, in his Star Wars and Indiana Jones roles is that he's a hero, but he's very vulnerable. Yeah. You know, very often it's his fault things go wrong. Um, but in here, in Blade Runner, when he's killed Zora. He's really good at conveying the shock. When he goes to that yes. like bar on the street, and he, he he's shaken, and and he's well, almost in shock, isn't he? Well, he's in, yeah, he's in he's in uh, post traumatic uh, sort of shock, isn't he? Yeah. He and and I think this is this also this is why it, the film didn't do quite well on release. I think people were ex- people were expecting their heroes at that point not to show emotions that they shoot someone. They don't have a laugh about it, you know, commando and stuff like that. Vulnerable, vulnerable heroes weren't quite the vogue yet. And I think but, that's yeah. that's what people were shocked by when they watched yes, this because you I think so. Yeah. You don't see Indiana Jones when he's shot the you know the tribesman in Raiders Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, go off and get some uh, Ching Tao and uh, with a shaky hand. No, I mean. It's the up, up to then the the biggest cop hero, is Dirty Harry. Mm. We we ex- at that point I think the world expected their their cop heroes to shoot someone and make a quip. Yeah, stick around. Rather, yeah, rather than shoot someone and then be almost traumatized by it and not function well and use booze as a self medication to try and get through it. Well, um, and that's something Harrison Ford has always been good at. Yeah, yeah. He, he's been he's he's great at showing the vulnerable side to his characters. That's as the well. word, vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did you know that uh, this uh, Ching Tao um, beer, Harrison Ford knew of the beer. Ridley Scott oh, right. didn't, and he said to to Ridley, "That's what Deckard would order." Yeah. And That's good. That's yeah, yeah. Apparently, Ridley really likes it. It's his beer of choice now. Um, so we'll refer you to the Leon and Rachel episodes for yep. the things regarding Rachel and the uh, air quotes love scene between yes. the two of them. Um, that was my has always been my problem with with Deckard. You know, um, he's just horrible in that. But and this is my explanation to get him back to being, you know, the true blue hero is that. If he is a replicant, and he's only newly birthed, he can't cope with emotions. Yeah. So that could explain the really awful manner he treats Rachel, because he yeah. doesn't know how to behave. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's there's more there's multiple ways you can you can sort of I, I won't say justify this behaviour, but I also think it's it's not that that's changed. We've changed. Mm. Because you look at any film, you know, 
previous to about the year 2000. This is how men, in a, again in air quotes, behave towards women. Mm. This Hollywood idea that uh, two people who will eventually fall in love will hate each other to start with and they'll bicker and they'll think... And that a, I mean, you see it in the carry-on films all the time that uh, if a woman is... All she needs is a good seeing to. Treat them mean, keep them keen. Exactly, yeah. And I, I think we've moved on, hopefully, as society, mm. as a species from that, where we now look at it and it's uncomfortable viewing. But I don't think it was that uncomfortable then. I think you'd have gone, yeah, that's... yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, a, a moment that we haven't discussed before in all 22 previous episodes is Deckard sat in his lovely sedan car, yeah, getting the information about Sebastian's death, and we get a spinner, a police spinner, come along, and and the guy goes, "What are you doing here?" And Deckard goes, "I'm working. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Arresting. That's what I'm doing," says like, the policeman. I like that sequence. I do miss um, in the original version there was very heavy wire work in that scene. Oh, that's all gone which, now. Yeah, which is now all gone. Um, but yeah, I quite like that, that, you know, that it, it shows, again, just normal policing um, going on. Yeah. I, I, little touches like that, you know. I think it's little stuff like that that the, um, the, the Stallone Dread missed out on. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um... We learn in that little sequence that uh, his badge number is 26354. But he then says that he's filed and monitored. What on earth does filed and monitored mean? Uh, Unless unless you've got... I don't know, there's no mention of any curfews. Um, Well, the policeman says this this area is off limits. Yeah. I guess to to move in vehicles. I, I suppose he's... Yeah, I suppose he's... He's filed the paperwork oh. to go into this area, and he's monitored. Uh, what? But then, in case yeah, he goes into a, a, yeah. an area that he's really not supposed to go really into. Really not meant to, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Because I was thinking about maybe it means that he himself, as a Blade Runner, is being monitored. Yeah. All right. Well, he is, I suppose, isn't he? Because we, we think that Gaff's watching him, and we think that Roy Batty's Roy Batty's watching him. around the corner. Yeah. yeah. We never mentioned in the uh, Pris episode about how he speaks to Pris, doesn't he? He actually talks yeah. to Pris. He calls Sebastian's yeah. apartment, gets Pris, and uh, and he goes. She goes, "Who's this?" And he goes, "This is Eddie, old friend of JF's." With that, you know, yeah. uh, uh, he tries cheesy charm, grin. Yes, he? yeah, yeah and, and she, um, you know, switches off. No way to treat an old friend. And uh, those little people that we saw walking past just before this scene yeah. they're, they're up on the roof of his car yeah. and he drives off and they things, off. Yeah. yeah they've got something they've got something in their hands they've, yeah, they've, they've taken got... something off of his car I don't know who they're meant to be they remind me of Jowers they always remind yeah. me of uh, David Rappaport and the other yeah. Time Bandits but presumably if you leave your well I going to say if you leave your car too long people will strip it but that's literally happening in Birmingham at the moment. Yes. Do you see that news story yeah. uh, yesterday? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I know what they're saying. Uh, in behind oh, the right. scenes, I can tell you exactly what they're saying when they come along oh, in, really? in, in that uh, strange language. Um, all right, so we've got to fa- fast forward past the Pris episode. 
and um, and one episode on from the last one, we're back to the final sequence. Yes. We were only talking about this last time, um, but uh, yeah, here we are, the final sequence. Somehow or other, I guess he heard the lift. He knows that, I don't know how he knows it's Roy, but he knows somebody's come up the lift and there's yeah. somebody coming into the apartment, doesn't he? Yeah. But it could it could be Bryant, it could be Gaff, it could be a police officer, it could be an innocent neighbour. Yeah, he's a bit he's a bit quick off the mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what again saying about his vulnerability? I love this whole sequence in the. At no point do you think he's any match for Roy. No. You know, and in not in sort of normal action films like Commando and things like that, there's never any doubt. Is there? There's never any doubt that the the air quotes hero can best these villains. Well, he's just been beaten up by by yeah. Pris, and if he hadn't shot her, she would have killed him. So yeah. he's still reeling from the pain and the shock of that, and then you know, along comes Roy. And I love that this is like a sequence of him just getting more and more injured. Yeah, um, to the point where yeah, he's just a, a bloody mess at the end of it. Like you say, at, shortly after Blade Runner, you know, we get into the big boom era of yeah. um, Hollywood action films with the likes of the Stallones and the Schwarzeneggers and the Van Dams and what have you but you don't get it's not usual to have a Hollywood hero be this beaten up no and vulnerable and then it gets worse and yeah his decline physically because <laughs> yeah. he doesn't win he doesn't he doesn't win he's allowed to survive well Roy he, lets him lost. yeah Roy yeah. lets him it, Roy pulls his arm through the wall. Okay, he breaks two of his fingers, but he gives him the gun back. Yeah, because we're used to this sequence being like in Bond, isn't it? We're used to it like they meet the the big henchman. The henchman initially gets the upper hand, but then here it does something really clever, possibly related to something they've introduced earlier on. You know, like oh, the 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 villain can't take loud noises. Uh, and the, vi- the hero does something clever, turns the table and just pips the villain. None of that in this. No. He's beaten to a pulp, he's toyed with, and he's just left because Roy wants to die. Yeah, it's not, again, not what people were expecting from Harrison Ford. No, no. Um, that... Uh shelving unit I don't know what that is you know he runs for it he resets his fingers and he sees that in the ceiling there's a hole Um, and he climbs up this fantastic shelving unit thing yeah it's like a Um, nice dresser type thing yeah and uh, at at that point that's when he drops his gun Um, and yeah reaches up through this hole in the ceiling and manages to squeeze his through out onto that rainy roof I always remember in in uh, the film print of Blade Runner there's a real join there that's the end of yeah. real 5 beginning of real 6 and I always remember that because it you remember you used to be a projectionist yeah, to get the burns the markings but the if you didn't have yeah. that um, you know every frame of film is uh, um, four perforations yeah. and if you cut it wrong if you don't cut on the frame line you get a thing called a rack either a one-hole rack or a three-hole rack. And if you cut it wrong and you don't cut one of them on the actual frame line, if you join that together and then show it, the top of the picture is at the bottom 
or the bottom of the picture is at the top and that's called a rack and you've got yeah. a thing called a racking handle on the projector and you can you can alter it and you can get it back into frame and i remember that was a bastard to do because dark ends of reels yeah, were a swine you couldn't gauge where the you couldn't the see the frame line yeah yeah you would count four yeah. back and you'd cut one off and it's like is that it is that a frame line it's and really, that, that was a really real bastard one because i'd yeah i'd forgotten that you're right we used to do that and um but you used to see it on tv as well didn't you when sunday afternoon they'd show western and you would get that where the, you'd see the bottom of the frame and then yeah. and it's like what and yeah because they would just literally you know point the camera at a film print yes um but yeah, God, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't understand the, the geography of this because he climbs and squeezes through that hole. He's out on yeah. a rainy roof, but then he's back in a bathroom. I guess he's climbed in through an outside window. Yeah, like a, a window or something. Like, like you said last time on the Roy Batty thing, you don't usually climb up to get out of a building, no. do you? Yeah, you can very rarely uh, climb to the top of a building to escape. Mm. It doesn't generally work, yeah. unless you're Batman. Yeah. I don't know if he thinks he's made it, but that's when Roy smashes his head through the wall and uh, Deckard smiles when Roy comes into the room because he rips that metal pole off the wall yeah. and smashes Roy in the face twice. I guess he smiles because he thinks, all right, I'm going to kill you now, but don't work, does it? No, <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah. yeah, so he's got no choice. He smashes through the door, goes yeah. to the window, smashes through the window and has to... Uh, well, he's just running away, isn't he? Deckard is yeah, running yeah, away. Yeah, he... He has no confidence that he can beat Roy. Yeah, this isn't a battle, is it? It's not a fight. He just (laughs) he's trying to get away from this. This is a mouse trying to get away from a cat. Absolutely, yeah. And he has to climb. If he he thought he had any sort of chance, he would have just kept his gun with him and waited for Roy to come in the room. Mm. At some point, Roy's got to come in to close with him and just shoot the hell out of him. But he knows he's. He probably hasn't got a chance doing that. So yeah, he's he's not trying to he's not trying to lure Roy anywhere or get the better. He just wants to escape. Yeah, and he tries, doesn't he? he climbs yeah. up, he gets to that cornice on the corner, yeah. and um, and he uh, you see his fingers appearing, and he pulls himself up. When we did the Maidstone version of yeah. Blade Runner, bloody idiot I was. Um, we recreated that moment, and I had to climb off the edge of the roof. <laughs> It, 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 it wasn't a drop to ground level, but it must have no. been about a 20-foot drop. And there was, um, you know, at the top of the drain pipe, you get like yeah. a, a, a collecting bin sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, like a hopper. That goes a hopper, the, yeah. yeah. That's what I did. I climbed off the roof, yeah. stood on the hopper, knelt down with just my fingers on the top, and then slowly came up. I mean, if wow. I had fallen off of that, I've got like a 20-foot drop onto concrete. It's um it's amazing now when you're younger you you think you're invincible and well you wouldn't do that now would you no. not for anything we no. were all like you you know in the moment of of making this fun remake yeah. and it's like I know what I do I'll climb over and I'll kneel down here you know <laughs> dear oh dear um and I recreated this whole you know where he gets up and he rolls over and yeah. uh, checks his hand I did that as well um and uh, yeah he tries to get off this new roof. Uh, I yeah. think he, he's, I can't see it, but that big TDK sign in the background, there's something there that he thinks is his way off. Maybe he sees a ladder and he starts running yeah. towards it. And that's when Roy pops up out of the, uh, yeah. out, uh, out, out of the floor. And Harrison Ford's face as he grinds to a 
Oh, yep, yep, yeah. And great face. And then he turns and runs and jumps. And every time I watch yeah. it, that leap over, and he only just misses those jutting out girders. Yeah. It's bloody hell. <coughs> I mean, that obviously wasn't Harrison Ford who did that. But if that stuntman, because he only just misses that girder, if that stuntman had hit, and I, even if that girder was just plastic and it wasn't real, yeah, that solid plastic. Oh, bloody hell, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a classic image, isn't it? That yeah, that girder. I mean, I remember the um, uh, the Marvel comics adaptation um, and part two. I remember the cover had that on it in rain. It was great, really good artwork. Yeah. And, and there he is, he's hanging on to this girder, yeah. um, and, and yep, yeah, he would have died if Roy hadn't saved him. We refer you to the Roy episode yeah. um, for the saving of that, but he's brilliant. Harrison Ford's really good, you know, uh, Roy lifts him up and over and dumps him, and uh, he's just like scrabbling back. Yeah, he's a mess, and he? yeah. he's just, he's got no, no energy left. <laughs> and what I love as well is, had this been two years later and starred Schwarzenegger, the lead actor would not have allowed Roy to shine. No. And steal that. This is why I've got Ford did. I've got so much off, admiration yeah. for him because you know he's beaten. He scrabbles back. Yeah. He re- it, the only things to stop him scrabbling back anymore is he hits a wall. And uh, yeah, Harrison Ford takes a back seat to Rutger Hauer. Yeah. Doesn't he? You know. And lets him shine. It's like it's amazing. Yeah. And I love how everything goes into slow motion for Roy's yeah. death you know not just as Roy bows his head but uh, when we cut back to Deckard he, he's still in slow motion um, like I said last time I don't miss the narration now the clunky no. narration um, it of, doesn't need it does it it's, no it's uh, just pure poetry it doesn't need a clunky voiceover mm. and he's shaken out of his days by Gaff arriving yeah. and saying you've done a man's job sir sir sir, yeah. sir. Sir, and uh, he just says finished, doesn't he? Um, yeah, finished. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, we have the end where he goes and uh, finds Rachel. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and and off they go. And we have the two endings. We have the one ending, which we prefer, which is the lift door shutting yes. after he's nodded. He's found the unicorn and nods and closes. And then we've got the theatrical problematical. Ending, yes. which makes yeah, the, absolutely no sense. The Shining ended. Can you can you explain that? Can you come up with any reason why they are going through the bright sunshine, no pollution, no, on it, a sunny day? I, I, I think I said it in the, the Rachel one. Um, if if the outside of the city isn't the cursed earth, why go off world? Just try drive for ten minutes. Take a claim. I mean, it looked lovely. The only way I can explain it would be this is what Deckard is seeing. You know, in his mind's yeah. eye, it's a lovely sunny day. It's not. It's, exactly, a, it's a shitty, yeah. rainy back street of uh, um, L.A. that they're driving through. Yeah. But in his yeah, mind, I, this is what he's seeing. <clears throat> I think it's... Um, it, it just doesn't make sense. It, it's studio mandated madness and it's like the happy ending to uh, Brazil it's like have you seen the film before yeah. but it's executives again yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the test screenings people didn't like the uh, the 
the non-happy ending and yeah. so they went all right well we're going to have a happy ending then and that's when we get the shining outtakes and they bring back Harrison Ford and Sean Young to sit on a very sunny day in a uh, yes in his car yeah on a mm. road trip <laughs> yeah and that was that that's that's yeah. that that's what we had for 30 odd years um, and then we had 2049 comes along and it tells us what happened next yeah um now, does what happens in 2049 impact on you at all when you watch the original? Not, not really, no, because I'm, I'm old enough and I've been in fandom enough that with various different fandoms that I can now separate in my mind. If you like something, watch that. Mm. If you don't like something, don't watch that. Yeah. Um, I, I, this whole idea of canon... Uh, not cannonball, but cannon. Um, it, it's nonsense. Don't matter. If you no. don't like it, don't. In your, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect it. I quite. There's a few few bits that are intriguing, like when um, Jared Leto says, you, "You're a replicant. You were designed for this." And so that's interesting. But I can watch Blade Runner as a completely separate. Yes. Entity, and I can watch the second one as a completely separate entity, and I can watch the second one as a completely separate entity, and not think constantly when House of Ford's on screen, he doesn't want to be there, because mm. <laughs> it's well, quite obviously he doesn't want to be there. Well, we've said before um, we would have preferred if Deckard wasn't yeah, in it. Didn't need to, just just the presence in the background, just the, some something that someone mentions, and just that don't audio need, clip, yeah. you know, when Kay yeah. goes and 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 you hear, you know, him. Yep doing the test on Rachel that would have been fine but yeah with Harrison Ford I mean it's the same with him coming back in The Force Awakens yeah when we see them 30 years later that's not how I imagined Han Solo to be 30 years later that's no. not how I imagined Deckard to be 30 well, years I mean, later I think we're, we're going to get it again with um, Indiana Jones 5 even more so aren't we is that films always assume that that these characters are kept in a fridge. Oh, I shouldn't have said fridge, should I, with Indiana Jones? He does like getting <laughs> into fridges. Um, these characters are kept in a fridge until they're needed and taken out. So why are they wearing the same clothes? Yes, same you haircut. Know, the same haircut. Why are they doing this? Uh, at least they didn't put him in the, um, the, the Blade Runner trench coat in this. That's the mistake but, they made with Star Wars, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's, doing the same thing what I didn't um, I, what yeah. I didn't like about Star Wars and we didn't get it with Blade Runner what I didn't like about Star Wars is it's 30 years later and if you have a series of films with the same character you're meant to see a character progression aren't yes. you yeah, but in The Force so, yeah. Awakens he's junked everything and he's gone back to yeah. the first film again he's back to being a smuggler with yeah, Chewbacca he, he hasn't even got the the character uh arc that he had in the first three films no he's like you say he's it's like it's the the next day and he didn't meet ben in the cantina yeah 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 and and that's lazy and it's stupid but but 2049 didn't do that you know and i like the it's the ambivalent nature of 2049 in in the yeah um Jared Leto does say that, but it's yeah. not stated implicitly no, that no, he no. is. And, and, 
And, and it's said in a way that it could be a load of old bollocks. Yeah. And Jared Leto is just saying it to try and get a rise out of Deckard. Yeah, when, when um, Deckard yeah. says to Kay, we were being hunted, does he mean me and Rachel or we replicants, replicants were being yeah. hunted? And, and I like that about 2049. Nothing yeah. is stated and it's up to you, much like with the first Blade Runner, it's up to you to decide yeah. what the situation is. And, and I you like know what? that. The, the fact that... The fact that anyone else might think something different it doesn't matter no what don't I don't like about people. yeah what I don't like about 2049 is I can't I can't see the decade of 1982 um, uh, living no, I, in yeah. Vegas listening to Elvis well, well this throws up and, and generally when they bring a character back after so long it throws up more questions than it answers doesn't it it's like so what's his what's his normal day-to-day routine yes hellhole does he just sit around and listen to Elvis I, I'm like well he you, maintains bees yeah. he's got bee he maintains hives. bees yeah I can't see uh, uh, 2019's Deckard listening to Elvis full stop um, it, it makes no sense the other thing that that I that I feel as well is I don't when I when he comes on I don't see Deckard I see Harrison Ford yes well a lot of that is down to his outfit I mean he's yeah. just got a t-shirt and chinos on I mean yeah I, I'm glad they didn't I'm glad they didn't put him in the same costume because that would have been stupid but he's not wearing anything that anyone else in this world is wearing no no one else is in just chinos and a t-shirt it's like what it's like he's just turned yeah. up for rehearsal. I think he has. I think they said, you're going to get into costume. No. So, oh, okay. <laughs> mm Yes. Um, so, I, yeah, I, th- I, I would rather he not have yeah. come back. And also, you know, um, I quite like the scene at the end between him and Kay. Um, yeah. And I'm glad we didn't have a proper, you know, conversation with him and his daughter. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they left that ambiguous. And I think, yeah, he. I, I like the... the I like all, all the scenes with him once he's in the car. The fight is good. He, he, I'm glad they didn't have him fight because mm-hmm. that just gets silly. Um, I recently watched Crystal Skull and it's just... Uh, oh, he's too old to fight like that. Um and yeah, it's quite it's quite subtle and subdued, and yeah, and he's not he, he's not overblown with K or anything. It's, yeah, it's quite nicely done that bit. Mm. Mm. It's the whole Vegas sequence. They could have just cut it. Yes, yeah. Didn't need it. Mm. All right. So um, behind the scenes, yeah. One last time. Um, so Ridley Scott storyboarded an opening for the original Blade Runner. Right. And uh, which is Deckard going out to this cabin, and he goes to a cabin in the middle of nowhere. There's a stove um, and a pot, and soup is boiling in the pot. Um, this vehicle arrives. A guy in farmer's overalls gets out, goes into the place, ignores Deckard, who sat there. Is this sounding familiar? Yeah, it's um, what's his face, isn't it, old? Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy guy. Yes, yeah. Um, We've done a whole episode on him, didn't we? Sapper Morton. Yes, yeah. Uh, Ignores Deckard, goes across and stirs his soup, and he says to Deckard, who are you with? And Deckard says, I'm Deckard, Blade Runner, and then just shoots him dead. Yeah. Reaches across, 
bends down, removes the, the, uh, the farmer's lower jaw, and we can see that it's metal with an ID number on it. That's how it was supposed to have started. Yeah. Um, which, I guess if we did have that in there, then, you know, there's no question of him. He's a replicant and he's only woken yeah. up that day. He is an active Blade Runner. Yeah. If that had happened. It's very... Um very Lee Van Cleef and the good about the ugly though isn't it as a start it's like you don't generally introduce your hero killing someone straight away mm. um, yeah um, could have been done you could have they could have handled it yes okay. yeah, yeah. Um, Hampton Fincher when he was writing uh, the original script had in mind in the role in his mind's eye he had Robert Mitchum yeah mind. always that it, Robert Mitchum played Philip Marlowe, didn't he? Yes, yeah. It's that, yep. that hard-boiled detective. And he would have been the older, yeah. grizzled yeah. Robert Mitchum. I mean, I, I imagine at some point someone probably went, can we get Frank Sinatra? Well, other other suggestions, when before they even got to, you know, putting uh, the, the offers out to actors, these are people who were uh, uh, suggested for the role of right. Deckard. Can you see any of these people? Is this a yes or a no? For these people in the Blade Runner that we finally got. So, right. Rick Deckard played by, yes or no to these, Ian, Gene Hackman. Uh, yeah, I think so. He's, he's a good actor and he does sort of play those, it would have been a more grizzled character, but I think the trouble is he, he would have just been Popeye Doyle. Yeah, oh that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, Popeye Doyle in Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery a few years later. I don't think he could have done it in 82. More like um, Hunt for Red October. Yes, style. yeah. Sean yeah. Connery. Um, I think he was still he was still too recognisable as Bond. Um, and that uh, Never Say Never Again showed that. I don't, mm. I don't think he... I don't think he cared much at that point. Um, he could. I think he could have done it around the uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade sort of era. Yeah. As an older, down at luck Blade Runner, but then no. Okay. No, so. Could have insisted he had to wear a wig. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Again, they, all they've looked at is uh, Chinatown. They have, haven't they? Yeah, no, I'm not a great fan of Jack Nicholson, and I think he he brings a manic quality that wouldn't suit that well, character. In I every could see film, him as Roy Batty, perhaps. Yeah, but, but for me, Jack yeah. Nicholson in every film is Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. He, I don't, I don't think he's a great actor. That would be Jack Nicholson in a trench yeah. coat, wouldn't it? Yes. Uh, what about Paul Newman? Yeah, he, he's he's a good actor, but a little bit too much of the pretty boy. Yeah. Would would Paul Newman? circa 1982 have wanted to show any vulnerability well a lot of these including the next one I can't see them yeah allowing you know their character to do what Harrison Ford um, allowed them to do and that's Clint Eastwood I can't see Clint Eastwood doing that at all it it, it would have been too compared to Dirty Harry I mean he was still doing that Dirty Harry at that point wasn't he yes yeah Um, yeah Yeah, sudden impact was after this exactly yeah yeah. he could play it He's 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 a really good actor, um, but no, I think he he would have overshadowed it, and I think Clint Eastwood's 
sort of political views would mean that it would have been a completely different film. It would have been the quip. It would have been the you can't show that the cop's wrong. Mm. Might is right. Yeah, uh, it would have been a different film. It, he could have played it, but it would have been a completely different film. I think Clint Eastwood would have said, no, I don't shoot at Roy Batty, I only blow the top of his ear off. I, 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 yeah. I would have got him in slap bang in the centre of the forehead. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It, it, I can see why they would suggest these people when they're doing discussing this script, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see the next one, um, Scott Glenn. I can see Scott Glenn. Yeah, Scott Glenn, good actor. Again, got that vulnerable streak. Yeah. Um, yeah, he could have done it. Yeah, Robert Duvall. Um, yeah, he could. I, I like Robert Duvall. He's a good actor. He he has got he has got a little bit of a vulnerable streak, but he's also got a, a slight bit of the the madness. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think he could have played it. I don't think they would have again let him be bored. No. What about Tommy Lee Jones? Because um, he was pretty much unknown he back was in '82. Yeah. He wasn't a, a. He hadn't hit it big by then, had he? Tom, Tommy Lee Jones is a weird one because at one point I thought this guy's amazing, but I watch his performances back now and I don't. He's he's not a subtle actor at all. Um, uh, no, I don't think he. It wouldn't have worked for me. I don't think. All right. How about Columbo? Peter Falk. Uh, do you know what? That could work. Well, he had his own trench coat. <laughs> it would have been a completely different Deckard. But yeah, I could see that working. He's yeah. a good actor, vulnerable. Again, though, would he's too associated with Columbo. I think it would have... Yeah. You would have got those. Can you imagine it? It would have been Columbo, like sci-fi Columbo. Yeah. 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 Which, you know what? I'm, I'm not against that. No. no. I like Columbo. I think he's one of the better detectives. Yeah. 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 Um, Al Pacino. Uh, I'm not a fan, but he could he could have done it, I think. But I'm just not a fan. He, um, I think he he tends to bring a bit of uh, uh, a bit of um, pomposity to it. As yeah, an but actor. yeah, but if it was early, Al Pacino, yeah, like early, yeah, Dog Day Afternoon, star, yeah, or you know, Ratso Ritso in yeah. um, Midnight Cowboy, a seedy yeah, yeah, record, he, he, yeah, see, yeah, he would have been much seedier. Yeah. You're right, yeah. yeah. Nick Nolte. Um, yeah, it would have been around 48 hours' time. Yeah, he, um, he would have had the physicality yes. for it, wouldn't he? Yeah. He would be more of a match physically against yeah. Roy Batty. Um, I can't see the next one because, like like you say, just with Clint Eastwood, it would be a vehicle for this person. Uh, Burt Reynolds. No. But to me, Burt Reynolds gave up acting after Deliverance. Yeah, he became a comedy actor yeah. after that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Which and ironically was the last film he appeared in with his own natural hair was Deliverance. <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, yeah, before that, Burt Reynolds before that and Deliverance era could have done it. But by, by the 80s, he was a caricature. He was. It was yeah. all Smokey and the Bandit yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and um, a Cannonball Run. Yep. Was like yeah, the year before, wasn't it? No, and then the last one, and this was suggested, and and they went to him, wasn't it? Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, Dustin Hoffman. He, again, very good actor. Yeah, they met. Um, he met with Ridley yeah. Scott. They talked for hours and hours. Um, even a uh, um, men, mentor Hubner, who was the storyboard yeah. artist, drew Deckard as Dustin Hoffman, but uh, apparently. 
they've never gone into details, but Dustin Hoffman had ideas of the way for the film to go and for his character to go, which conflicted with what Ridley wanted to do. So they had to uh, go their separate ways. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't um, think of going for Tom Selleck. Hmm. Because he, he was the original choice for Indiana Jones. Yeah, but he? he gave up because of Magnum, and he gave he gave yeah. up Raiders because of Magnum. So he would have given up. He would have still, Blade yeah, Runner. he would have still been doing it. But I mean, he did do he did do a low budget version of Blade Runner, didn't he? In, oh, uh, Runaway. Runaway. So you could sort of see what what they could do. But yeah, I suppose he had tied himself into Magnum at that point. Yeah, I can't see Deckard with a tash. Can you? No, not really. <laughs> no, no. Um. So, so we got Harrison Ford, and that is all down to uh, Barbara Hershey. Oh, right. It was actually Barbara Hershey who suggested uh, um, to think of Harrison Ford. Um, they went off and had a look at the dailies of uh, Raiders Lost Ark, and they knew they had their Deckard then and there. Who, so, Barbara Hershey, what what did she have to do with Blade Runner then? Well, I I. I I guess, you know, that everyone knows everybody else. And yeah. I think she was mates with Hampton Fincher. Ah, right. And said, you know, there's this guy, Harrison Ford. He was in Star Wars. They're making Raiders of the Lost Ark at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they went along, had a look at the dailies, and it's like, yep, there's our Deckard. Um, but it was Harrison Ford, wasn't it, who said, um, I'm not going to wear a hat. I've just done a film yeah. where I'm known for wearing a hat. I don't want to wear a hat because you know the the, the old gumshoe detective always had a trench coat yeah. and a hat, didn't and a hat. he? Yeah. <coughs> so they, I'm presuming they gave the hat to Gaff, who wore it much better. Yes. Um, it it it's you know a a perceived truth, and but it's not that the the unicorn sequence is an outtake from legend. Oh yeah. But Blade Runner was made in you know. 1981 came out in 82 legend came out in 1985 how is this possible <laughs> well i think it, it it it's when they did the director's cut they used outtakes from uh from legend didn't they because obviously that was released well after mm-hmm. um but now i think that's been replaced now isn't it in the final yeah. cut it's yeah. completely different yeah no so, um so. it was filmed in black park the unicorn yeah. sequence was filmed in black park which is right next to pinewood Yep. I've been to Black Park. Um, I, I, I did a did little. You see any unicorns? No, but I did see Pinewood Studios. You've got a oh. whacking great big security fence in, in the park, you know, and uh, you look through the fence, and there's Pinewood Studios. Um, that horse is the stuntman, Harrison Ford stuntman, Vic Armstrong. Um, that's one of his horses. All right. And the reason it's shaking its head as it comes round in that shot is uh, it's trying to get rid of the uh, the unicorn horn. On his yeah, head. Doesn't that want it on it. Doesn't yeah. want it, yeah. Um, yeah, talking about Vic Armstrong. Um, that's Vic Armstrong in the scene where Deckard goes to Leon's apartment. Um, he's in shadow, and he's in shadow because that's not Harrison Ford. That's a pickup shot, which was done in England. Um, yeah, that that's actually Vic Armstrong. Vic Armstrong did a lot of Harrison Ford stuff, didn't he? Yeah. Um, there's a continuity error in the film after the killing of Zora. Uh, Deckard's got a cut on his right cheek. Um, it, and during the fight with Leon, it goes away, and then it comes back again afterwards. Oh, that's um, classic uh, Ridley Scott, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, these small people yes. around Deckard's car, yeah. right? <laughs> um, the, the actual translation of what they're saying is... 
Hey, look, someone has left us a small gift, says the first person. Second person, anybody in it? And then somebody says, no, wait until the cops are gone. Wait until the cops are gone. <laughs> That's what they're saying. All right. All right. So on to Harrison Ford then, the mighty Harrison Ford. Um, born in 1942. He's a war baby. Um, uh, born in Chicago. Uh, his mother was a radio actress and his father was an actor who then turned to uh, the advertising world. All right. right. Do we know anything his dad was in? Uh, no. It, it says his father was of Irish and German ancestry, while his maternal grandparents were Jewish emigrants from Minsk. Oh. Okay. And it says Harrison was a lackluster student at Maine Township High School in Illinois. After dropping out of Ripon College in Wisconsin, where he did some acting, he signed a Hollywood contract with Columbia and later Universal. His roles in movies and television include Ironside, um, The Virginian, um, but they were real small roles and he didn't really yeah. get anywhere, so uh, he left the acting industry and turned to a professional carpentry. Uh, but came back, you know, for Bob Falfa in American Graffiti. That's the first film where he, um, everyone yeah. remembers him, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was like proto Han Solo. Yeah, and everything after that we really don't need to discuss, no. do we? Um, he's famously a, a, a pilot. Very uh, bad pilot. Yeah, he's a pilot. <laughs> How many times has he crashed now? Is it two, uh, yeah. three? Um, I like this. He owns an 800-acre ranch in Wyoming, yeah. approximately half of which he has turned into a nature reserve. Yeah, right. He's also one of the uh, small but growing... Uh, uh, a group of um, top list Hollywood actors that has visited Wrexham has he visited yeah, Wrexham? yeah he, he, he did a, a canal holiday uh, through Langochlin um, with uh, his missus um, Kalista Flockhart that's the one yeah um, uh, and yeah and they they visited various towns around the place including Wrexham oh, okay um, what's next? Yeah, his ex-wife, Melissa Matheson, she wrote the screenplay for E.T. Right. And he's in a deleted scene, isn't he, in E.T.? He is, yes. He's the teacher, yeah. isn't he, um, during the autopsy scene. Um, he considers the Mosquito Coast to be the favourite of the films that right. he's done. Uh, do you know how he got the scar on his chin? And it wasn't uh, with a whip. I don't know. Did it? I didn't know. No, if cat. Uh, no, he got it in 1968 um, when he was trying to do his seatbelt up while still driving, and uh, lost okay. control of the car. So he's so he's crap at driving as well as piloting. <laughs> Pay attention, Harrison. Yeah, this is this is fascinating. He has okay. st two species of animal named after him. All right. Yes, the first is a Central American ant. Okay. Which is called a Pie Doll Harrison Fordye. Any particular reason it was named after him? Yeah, um, that and the spider that's named after him, the Calponia Harrison Fordye. They have been named after him in honour of his conservation work. I didn't know he did any. Yeah, I think Get that stems from that. the nature reserve and then springboarded off of that. So I mean, it, to be to be fair, um, I don't think you need to do much to conserve spiders and ants, mate. <laughs> Pick on something that's a bit more endangered. Yes. 
when he arrived in England to start filming Star Wars, Alec Guinness helped him find a flat All right. in London. Um, he was initially against Sean Connery playing his dad yeah. in Last Crusade because uh, Sean Connery was only 12 years older than him. Um, it's, it's the mileage, not the years. <laughs> yes. And he later changed his mind and, yeah. uh, and they got on really well. Um, alternative roles now. We haven't done this for ages. Can you see Harrison Ford in any of these roles? Okay. Right, because he was considered. Well, the is first... it one, one of the pilots in Airport 1970? Yes, yes, I can. <laughs> Let's see. Right, he turned down. Okay, yep. uh, these. All okay. right. Oh, so uh, he was actually offered these. He was offered these. Turned these down. Um, Jack Nicholson's role in terms of endearment. Okay. Uh, I've, I can't say I've ever seen it, so don't know. Okay, Kurt Russell's role in not the thing, but uh, or Escape from New York. Can you imagine Harrison Ford as Snake Bliskin? No, I, no. I can't. There's only I mean, there's Harrison only Kurt, Ford isn't is it? Cool, but no one's as cool as Kurt Russell with an eye patch. No, this is Kurt Russell in Vanilla Sky. All right. Yeah. Um, Kevin Costner in JFK. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I, that would. I, I do like Kevin Costner, but I don't. Yeah, I could see Harrison Ford doing that and making a bit more of an effort. Yeah, and these I don't know if he was offered them, right? But uh, these he was considered. All right. Um, Jack Ryan in Hunt for Red October. Oh right. Well, that's logical because he went on to yeah. play Jack Ryan, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I was going to say he, did, he definitely played him in one of them. Didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Um, Michael Douglas's role in Traffic. I've never seen Traffic, so I don't I know Traffic. Okay. Uh, Nick Nolte in Cape Fear. Yeah, yeah. I he could play that sort of everyman that battles back. Yeah, yeah, that would work. I can't see him in this. Okay. Dick Tracy. You know, Warren Beatty yeah. played him. I, 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 I sort of wish he, it would have been a better film had he been in it. Um... But I think he was sensible to go no. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's his name? Sam Neill's character in Jurassic Park. Really? No, I don't. I don't think. I think the whole point of which, again, I watched it two nights ago, Jurassic Park, and it stood up incredibly well. Um, I think Jurassic Park works because the actors don't overshadow the story and the dinosaurs where I think Harrison Ford would it would have been a Harrison Ford film yes Harrison Ford with dinosaurs yeah yeah, yeah. and I can't see these last two either um, one because it would be a Harrison Ford film but the other one he wasn't he wasn't a star but no first of all Bob Hoskins's role in Who Framed Roger Rabbit no no it would have been Harrison Ford meets I, Bugs Bunny yeah, I um, I don't mean to be disparaging to Mr. Ford. I don't think he's got comedic chops, and especially not in the later <laughs> no. Star Wars films. Um, and yeah, this is heresy to me, and it will be to you. He wasn't a big star, so it wouldn't have been a big thing. But no, I can't see it. Um, Dallas in Alien. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. Tom Skerritt was perfect yeah, as Dallas. I can't perfect. see anybody playing Dallas other than him. No, no I would Again, it would, 
it would have. I don't think it worked. No. I am stunned by this. His genre tally. Yeah, it's not big, is it? It's not big. No. I thought he would have been in far more, right? Before I say what it is, can I also mention other things that aren't genre that he was in before he hit the big time? Was uh, The Virginian, uh, Mod Squad, Gunsmoke, Kung Fu. Um, I remember him in Force 10 from Navarone. Yeah. yeah. And that very small um, uh, role in Apocalypse Now. Oh, yes, I forgot. He was in there. Terminate with extreme prejudice at the yeah. beginning. He plays Colonel Lucas, doesn't he? Is yes. a nod to George yeah. Lucas, yeah. But yeah, his genre tally, 14. Yeah, Only 14. Lot, that, that is just, that's not right. But it is, and this is they. Here we go, Harrison Ford starred in something called Star Wars. You seen that? Star Wars. I'll have to I'll have look at it. It's a bit like Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Is it like, is it like uh, a spin off from. Um, the Stellar Star movies. It wanted to be. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, then the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yep. Then Empire Strikes Back. Yep. Then Raiders of the Lost Ark. Then Blade Runner. Then Return of the Jedi. Then Temple of Doom. Then Last Crusade. Then Crystal Skull. So from there to there, everything is Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and Blade Runner. Yeah, so three characters. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he's been in, like, the, the biggest grossing films of all time. Yeah. And he's but, ingrained in your yeah. mind as those characters. Yes. Yeah. But it took until Cowboys and Aliens before he did anything genre-related that yeah. wasn't anything to do with the three yeah. things. Um, so, yeah, Cowboys and Aliens, then Ender's Game. Yep. Rubbish. Yeah. Then he was back to Star Wars for Force Awakens. Then Blade Runner 2049 and Rise of Skywalker, that little cameo he had at the very yeah. end where he's like, you know, a, a figment of Kylo Ren's whatever. Um, that was the last genre thing he's done. Yeah, I, I wonder if perhaps he doesn't like sci-fi. I don't know. After Star Wars, perhaps. I really don't know. Because I mean, he fa famously, during Star Wars, he hated Star Wars because he, he didn't get the sci-fi ness did he or did he didn't like the dialogue and he doesn't like that style of dialogue so perhaps he just doesn't want anything where he's got to learn techno babble maybe yeah maybe he doesn't like it when he doesn't understand what he's saying he's um he's one of the few big name uh hollywood actors left that hasn't migrated to tv there's a streaming yeah. thing he's in now, isn't there? I think there's a streaming thing Is that it? he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Because like everyone else, all, all the big names now, the money's in TV, and it. And to be fair, the quality work is being done on TV. Um, but yeah, he he hasn't hasn't really done that as far as I no no. Is he retiring? Um, he's still making stuff, as I say. Yeah, he's, he's, he's doing something. Well. I think he picks and chooses now, doesn't he? But yeah, if they throw enough money out of him, he'll do it. I mean, he's back as Indiana Jones. Yeah. Before yeah. he's replaced by Phoebe Waller, whatnot, as the female mm. Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, looking forward looking to forward it at all? No, no, I think, I think it'll be diabolical shite. Oh, we'll see. Um, yeah, I hope I'm wrong, but I have no real interest.
interest in it. It's I'm hoping, I'm really hoping. I mean, in the trailer, they've de-aged him, haven't they? Yeah. And there he is with the Nazis again. I'm hoping that's a flashback tale and not this thing that people are suggesting that well, there's time, time travel. travel. Yeah, I think it's been fairly well fed, uh, sort of confirmed, doesn't it, that time travel does I hope feature not. I hope gimmick. not. I really hope not. It was bad enough Crystal Skull having aliens in it. Didn't but feel right, did it? No, not not with Indiana Jones. No, 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 not at all. Well, we'll see. It's summer, isn't yes. it? That will be a big yes, summer I film. So. Yeah. All right, one last time, Ian. Let's uh, let, let's do some voting. Um, let's, okay. Let, let, let's do 2019 Deckard first. What do you give him out of 10 for the design of the chap? Um, I suppose, yeah, I, I, I love his look. I love his look. Um, he, he looks cool wearing a trench coat. Um, do you own a Deckard trench coat? No. Oh, right. that, I made one, but I, did I, you? Look, I look more like... Um, uh, Cosmo small piece. <laughs> I I bought my Ford. my Australian drover's coat yeah. because it looked like a Blade yeah. Runner coat, and that will do me. I still wear it from yeah. time to time, um, and uh, yeah, that's my Blade Runner coat. I, I mean, yeah. like Roy Batty's coat, they were, you know, tailor made, weren't they, for the film? Yes. It w- yeah. wasn't. It, it's not like Carl yeah, Reese in Terminator shelf, goes yeah. into a supermar- into a supermarket or a department store and gets one off the shelf. No, no. I mean, you can buy them now there's various places that make them um but they they're mainly done in china and the, the color varies wildly between sort of accurate and terrible um but no i do i i do like the look so um we haven't also we yeah. haven't talked about his amazing checkered shirts because he's yes. got two well, and I, that I quite, tie yeah i quite like I, I, I never I, I used to think it. Oh God, it's so eighties. I think I've gone past that now, and I I, I wear shirts like that. And if I, I could get like a shirt, shirt like that, I'd wear it. Yeah, and I'd the wear tie. A tie like that. Yeah, I quite like his trousers as well. In it, I think it's a good look. I, I don't like the look. jumper that he that that he wears towards the end. He's got no. like a jumper, sort of like a cardigan on. Yeah. Um, Not many heroes can get away with wearing cardigans. No, no. Ian Chesterton, that's about it. Yeah. Um, Dr. Smith. No. Uh, I'm going to give him a 10 out of 10. That's exactly what I've got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You look at a photo of Deckard and it's just like, it's a classic look, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's iconic. Yep. We bandied that word around a lot, but it is just iconic. Just lately we have on yep. this show. Yep. And how effective is Harrison Ford? Um, I, I say I, I have my doubts about the character, but I don't think that's Harrison Ford's acting or anything like that. I think it's the way it's written. I have doubts about Indiana Jones as a character but when Harrison Ford is putting effort in there's few that can touch him I, just, I, I think it's a shame that a lot of the time, more times than not he doesn't put the effort in uh, which I think is pretty unprofessional but people are willing to pay him for it uh, but in this case, yeah, 10 out of 10 Snap, same for me yeah, um, yeah the, the the problems I've got with Deckard is nothing to do with Harrison Ford. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have characters that are flawed. I think that makes them interesting. Um, but Harrison Ford, he he's acting in it. It was back when he actually used to act. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's Deckard number one. Yeah. Deckard number two, then. The design of the character. 
I, he's not designed. No. He literally is Harrison Ford wearing his trousers and t-shirt that he wandered in from. Um, I don't think it's designed to... I'm going to have to... This this is remarkable. I'm going to have to give it a zero. I don't think he's designed. A zero? Zero. I gave it a one, so that's... Because he is wearing something, so... He's wearing... Well, yeah, a, a naked Harrison Ford, probably. No. So that's a half for okay. design, all right? And how effective was I, this character? I'm going to have to balance this, because I think... When he's in Las Vegas, it's I don't know what's going on. Was he upset that day? Did he not like filming there? He's putting no effort whatsoever in. But once he's once he's taken to meet Jared Leto and then the, the fight bit at the end and like say the final, I think it, it it's a good performance. And if it was just that, I'd go he's Deckard. But I don't I can't buy him as Deckard in the Las Vegas sequence. Like oh, it's Harrison Ford. Mm. And Harrison Ford's stunt double. Oh, and a CGI Harrison Ford. You don't at any point go, oh my god, it's it's Deckard back. Goosebumps. Nah, don't get any of that. Mm. Um, so I'm I'm going to be super generous and give him a five. Very middle of the road. That's what I gave him. Yeah. All right. So that's da da da. Divide by that. Okay. Okay. So that's that. It right. shows how uh, a passage of time can change. A, appreciation of a character doesn't boy it? can it and this has happened on our show a number of yes, times hasn't yeah. it it has blimey I can't believe what I'm looking at right now alright right before I announce what apartments yep. both Deckards are uh, are in I'll just uh, as this is the wrapping up show I'll just say that uh, in design Right, our final yep. uh, score on design, our top five in design, is in fifth place we had Joy. Yep. Fourth place, Zora. Okay, so 50-50 now, 2019-2049. Yep. Never thought that would be the case, but okay. Yep. Third place, it's a uh, a tie between Love. Yep. And both Rachels. Wow. So 2049 is getting a strong look in here yeah. that we would not have predicted at yeah. the beginning. Second place in design was Pris. Yeah. And first place in design was Deckard number one, Roy Batty, and Gaff number one. That, that doesn't really surprise me. It's not a surprise. I could, no. I could have predicted that, I think. Yes, I think so. I could have easily predicted that. And then, for effectiveness our top five let's see how much uh, 2049 is in here um, in fifth place Tyrell and Joy okay Joy's getting a good good looking yeah fourth place number one version of Gaff yep third place Pris second place Zora and Deckard Mark 1 yep and with a strictly illegal but we allowed <laughs> it 11 Roy Batty brilliant one in effectiveness that's more if, if you'd have said at the beginning because like say my views on 2049 have changed remarkably but if you'd have said at the beginning to predict I'd have listed five characters from Blade Runner yeah and said that was it yeah it has been a surprise this mm. show doing this show right so that gives us the final you know a, a, a final tally yep. in their apartments let's talk about the bottom of the apartments, right? Okay. So the, the the 
the lowest apartment is the one nearest the bins, I suppose. Yeah, you know. yeah, it's by by the smelly bins and that that weird patch of water that no one's quite sure whether it's rain or piss. Yeah. So five doors away from the pool of piss and the bins, yeah. right? One, two, three, four. Yeah, I'm right. Is Doc Badger? Right. You know the guy who wanted to, you know, trade yes. a bit of wood. Yeah. You know. Um, he wanted wood. Yes, he, he he needed wood. Yes. Then next door to him, moving towards the bins, we've got the replicant cuddly bear from JF's apartment, right. and Gaff Mark Two. So forever, them two are living together. Oh wow! Bless them. Yeah. Uh, next door to them, getting nearer the bins, is the Cambodian lady. You know. Oh yes, yeah, I know. Yeah. Snake scale, her. Then Anna Stellen. Right. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Is two <laughs> the, doors away. The most Im- supposedly the most important character in Blade Runner history. But yeah, 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 yeah. She's two doors away from the bins, but right next door to the bins, with the lowest rating ever of two point six, is Deckard Mark Two. Oh God. Deckard Mark Two Coward. is the. So he's bottom. at both ends. <laughs> he's at both ends. Of well, the you don't know apartment. yet. You don't know where we are at the top of this apartment block. But he's at the yeah. bottom, right by the bins. Deckard Mark Two, the lowest score we've ever God. given was to Harrison Ford. I, I, <laughs> I'm stunned. I, I'm not really surprised because he's, he's an all-or-nothing sort of actor. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if we go to the top of the building. Uh, our top five apartments, with the top one being, I guess, the penthouse suite. Yeah. Um, fifth apartment from the top is Zora. Right. Next door is Pris. Right. Next door to Pris is Gaff Mark One. And with 9.975. Yeah. Um, a perfect 10 is Deckard, 2019. Yep. But just above him in the penthouse at 10.5 is Roy Batty. Yeah, that's more how I would have anticipated it. Yeah, I mean, look look down that list. Roy Batty, Deckard, yeah. Gaff, Pris, Zora. They're pretty much the characters I think of <laughs> yeah, whenever I think yeah. of Blade Runner. Yeah, if you, if you said to anyone, name a character from Blade Runner, that's who you're going to get, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So that's that. That's that <coughs> done for the last time. Yeah. Um, this is our last show, and... Yep. We decided to have a little bit of fun just to, to to wrap this show up, haven't we? We have, yes. Yes, because the last uh, the last nine months of it have definitely not been fun. <laughs> I tell you what, we're coming up to a year's a year podcasting. I think it was the fourth of March. The very first Blade Running wow. character was fourth of March last year. I wonder year. how many podcasts we've done all together on all our shows. A lot, yeah, a lot. So yeah, what I I speak to, you more I speak to Anne. <laughs> What I thought we would do is um, we're going to talk and we're going to uh, list our top five Harrison Ford roles. Yes. Are we not? We are, yes. And this is purely subjective. Purely subjective. We will, we will um, explain, yes, why or not. Yeah, I suggested this to Ian after we recorded the Roy Batty one. When we come back and we do Deckard, how about, you know, we um, list our top fives? So yes. this is what we're going to do. But then since then, in the couple of weeks since then, I thought, well, why not bring in the Star Wars in character boys? You know, because this show, all our shows wouldn't, wouldn't 
are exist. they going to be biased? Well, let's find out. Uh, yeah, we, we owe them a, we owe them a huge. None of our shows would exist if it wasn't gratitude, for yeah. yeah, if it wasn't for yeah. Neo Zaz and Star Wars in character. And so I thought, although they do seem to have an idea that we masturbate a lot. <laughs> we are a pair of wankers. How did they we? find out? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah. Um, so I've asked Matt, Tim, Dave, and Chris for their uh, yep. for their top fives, and that's this what we're going to go through actually, now. Yeah. Well, what I thought I, I thought what we would do is um, for fifth place, anything that's in fifth place, I'm going to give one point. Anything in right. fourth place gets two points. Anything in third place gets three oh, okay. points. And then you're gonna yeah. Run. Anything in second place gets four points. Yeah. Anything that gets first place gets five points, and then we'll tally them all up at the end because I think that would make things more interesting. Yes, that's good. All It'll right. Give us a more balanced uh, picture, won't it? Yeah. So what what I think we'll do is <coughs> let's do yours and mine first, and then okay. I'll tell you what uh, uh, the Swick boys said all right so do you want to kick things off who's which, which character okay. is your number five well it's interesting because i i've done films rather than characters because some of my characters appear more than once mm-hmm. um so uh number five for me is indiana jones but indiana jones in indiana jones and the last crusade the last crusade yeah okay. which i think is um uh, again, I've watched all of these recently, and um, I think I, it's interesting to hear that Harrison Ford didn't want Sean Connery initially because I think he he elevates his game with Sean Connery. Uh, they have obvious chemistry together, and I think Harrison Ford is putting in a lot of effort in that film. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good performance. Mm. Yeah, and he's he's quite vulnerable. Um, you yeah, know, yeah. we've just been talking about him as as Deckard, but you know, when after that tank, yeah, battle, I lo- yeah, he yeah he, he's showing it, isn't he? Yeah, well, I love I love the it's one of my favourite bits in it is yeah after the tank battle when he's obviously discombobulated and he just says, yes sir yeah and he doesn't know what's going on and then gets a cuddle and it's like it's lovely. I love that moment. I, I thought I'd lost yeah. your boy. Oh, Sean yeah. Connery goes, doesn't he? Yeah, Sean, Sean Connery. Sean, I can't Sean. help but say Sean Connery. <laughs> he's um, he he's doing a lot of heavy lifting in that film. I'll give him that. Uh, although, again, I don't, I can't think of a Sean Connery poor performance as such. Um, Zardoz. But, I, I think he's away in that. Yeah, it's a terrible film, but I think he's away in it. He's the only reason to watch it. Yeah, true. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's bringing so much heart to that, and there's there's a nice character development, and I I like the fact that they, although it, to me it's the um, it's the Return of the Jedi of the three Indiana Jones films in that it's the start where they go well, let's put some funny bits in yeah, and I don't think you need it, but that but Harrison Ford manages not to get those funny bits he's not he's not really doing anything particularly slapsticky superman 3ish um so i think he yeah it's a, it's a good performance i don't like the humor 
uh, the, the, yeah. the, the very broad stroke humour. I mean, there's good yeah. humour in that film, but like when Indiana Jones is like trying to smash the tile in the library yes. in and Venice, the, the and guy, the guy yeah. keeps looking at his um, yeah thing. That's it's all it's all the cutaway bits, and it, it always reminds me of Superman three at the beginning, and it's all the cutaway bits where you cut to. The t- Leaning Tower of Pisa. And yeah, all yeah. That. you cut yeah. to people that have been hired to do a comedy scene. Yeah. And it doesn't need it. I mean, com- comedy should be natural yeah. and not wink, wink at the yeah. audience. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, my number five is Han Solo in Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Um, because... That's, that's my number four. That's your number four. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah because... You know, he's built on the character from yeah. Star Wars. We get, yeah, more humour, but we get some really nice, you know, you know, real nice, you know, character moments. The, you know, the, the, uh, the, um, the, you know, um, how much I want to say? The, the, the swagger is there, you know, yeah. um, with Princess but, Leia. But you there's, know. A, there's a bit of vulnerability in it. I, I, li- I like his performance as well as number four in mine is because you've got you've got the swagger of of Han Solo, but things are going wrong. Yes, and he's he's got a bit of vulnerability. I I think there's some really terrible line performance. I can't stand when he says "laugh it up, fuzzball." Yeah, that's awful. It's like, did you not have a better take of that? Um, but when he's good, you know, I know, that's a great line. He's yeah. he's brilliant in it, and yeah, it's it's the most it's the most serious Han Solo performance. Yeah, but there um, is that. Yeah, that. Yeah, you say about laugh it up, fuzzball. I don't like the bring me the hydro spanners. No, that whole clowning around that pipe down in the pit in the Millennium yeah. Falcon. I don't like that. But straight after that, we've got the. Set 271. You're not going seriously going into an asteroid field and all that. He, uh, yeah. He's impossibly cool. He's just wonderful. Yeah. In, yeah, he's he's got he's got great chemistry with Carrie Fisher in this. Um and it has to be said great chemistry with Anthony Daniels I and mean, some of the stuff he does with Secretary really funny. Oh, um, when he holds his finger up yeah. to shut him up yeah. and, and the whole shut him up or shut him well, down. <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole um, like internet meme isn't there that Harrison Ford does the finger acting. He always puts his finger up in in his role as he does it in Indiana Jones he does it in Star Wars. Yeah, it's it's really good like when he he clamp I don't know why it would work but he clamps through through his mouth. <laughs> it's like you know he's not breathing through that. It's not a mouth. Um, the the yeah the the his his duff line readings are few and far between in it. There, like I said, there's a couple, um, but I think there's a couple in all of his performances. Um, in um, which didn't make my list. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I can't stand when when um, short rounded him are in the the room with the spikes coming down. And he looks through to uh, uh, what's her face and says, "We're all going to die. We are going yeah. to yeah. die." And then he pulls that face. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's like, what were you thinking? But that, but a lot of this could be down to the editor. Yes. You know, because I imagine he's done fifty different versions of that, and they decided to go with that. And it. So I'm not blaming him totally for it, but he does have. Yeah, it, there's a couple of bits in Empire, but on the whole. 
it's a good solid uh, hand solo performance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like so. That's my five, and, and your my four. four. So yeah. my four, I always it this role, th this film and his role in it got me through a bloody horrible time, and that is John Book in Witness. That that was lurking out of my top five right um, yeah good good performance in witness good film um, oh it's a wonderful film yeah uh, it, it was one of those that um, I came to on video and I think I think we only rent it because it's Harrison Ford right you'll be shooting someone in it and, but again it's got some really iconic bits um, sadly I think it, it, it's most people's only idea of what the uh, the Amish, the, uh, Amish are, yeah. <laughs> which is probably not, not that accurate. But um, yeah, great, great performance. Yeah, I say it got me through a, a, a difficult yeah. bit, and that difficult bit, I don't know why they asked me. I guess there weren't anybody else around. But when that film came out, I was told I didn't, I wasn't asked. I was told that I was going to go and be relief projectionist at the cinema in Kings. Kings, Kingston, not Kingsdown, Kingston, oh. in, in London, South London. There yeah. was a Granada cinema wow. there. And I was told, you've got to spend a week over there. You've got to drive there. And it was like a two-hour drive. Yeah, horrible. Right? It was horrible. It's outer London, South London. And it was a horrible cinema. Um, I remember the auditorium, um, they still had, back in the day, my, my old one had it, but uh, it was gone by the time I got there. But they had a cat that, that lived there at night and right. and um, it lived in in the place and it would go out at night and catch the mice and I remember the orders auditorium number one smelt of cat's piss because yeah. he would just wee in in yeah. the auditorium but that's what you want isn't it? yeah but the thing was it, it was like a two-hour drive there a two-hour drive back I was working completely by myself didn't even know where the boiler room was or anything like that they had the same projectors so that was all right but they were showing witness Right. which we didn't show for some reason and uh, I just used to watch Witness and, I, and, and it's a wonderful film and Harrison Ford is fabulous in it when yeah, the little boy he went on to become an actor in his own right didn't he when he was an adult did, uh, yeah. little not, what was his name oh I can't remember but yeah when, when they're in the police headquarters and he points at the photo it's Danny Glover isn't it and, and the other yeah. guys and and Harrison Ford realizes what he's doing and he's pointing to the people who are the murderers. He he covers the boy's fingers up and he just gives him this yeah. small nod. You know, a wonderful film. I love that film. Yes, it's it's a good uh, it's a good film. I've not seen it in a while. Perhaps I'll revisit it. Mm. All right, uh, your number three then, please. Number three is uh, Blade Runner. Snap. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> yes. Um, I don't think we need to list any reasons because uh, you've list, just listened to them for the last couple of hours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we'll move on. I mean, yeah, okay. we're, we're coming up on two hours already. So. Yes. Uh, okay. So you've got Deckard at number three. Who have yep. you got for your number two? Uh, so this was difficult. These putting these in this order, but uh, so. Han Solo from Star Wars. The first Star Wars snap again. Yep. Uh, that's where, he, where he I've is got just, him. He's cool. When, when you watch Star Wars, um, the first Star Wars action figure I ever bought that I ever wanted 
was Han Solo. Yep. Uh, when we played Star Wars, I wanted to be Han Solo. I bought the Han Solo uh, Dream Handle Mauser pistol. Um, I can't think of anyone in my group of friends that went, I want to be Luke. No, nobody wanted to be Luke. No. Um, I was trying to think of my justification for the number two slot, and I was trying yep. to think of, in science fiction, before Star Wars, was there a character in science fiction that I knew of that was cooler than Han Solo? And the closest I could come to is William Shantner in the original Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Paul Foster in UFO. Not really anyone in Space 1999. Um, he, I think, was the first cool science yeah. fiction hero. There, there's a reason that every Star Wars clone and every science fiction film and most other films afterwards put a Han Solo-esque character in. Yes. Yeah, I don't I, I don't even think in normal films you you got this sort of style of utterly cool. I mean, I think you'd have to go back to like Douglas Fairbanks. Yeah. Sort of era. Um this this was yeah, it just cool. It was like everyone wanted to be Han Solo. He had the swagger, he had the the uh the, you know, the boasts. He had the cool shit. Oh, the boasts! When he's yeah. in Mos Eisley Cantina, and it's yeah. like, you know, um, you never heard of the Millennium Falcon yeah. and all like that. He is boasting away, but he's so cool. You know, the original version of, um, you know, him talking to Greedo. You know, my my, my favourite, yeah. you know, cool moment of of Han Solo in Star Wars is the whole Docking Bay 94, the whole shootout with the Stormtroopers. Yeah, yes. he gives that comedy, you know, double take when he sees the Stormtroopers, but blasting away with his yeah. with his old Mauser, and then Chewie, get us out of here, as he comes running around that corner, yeah. you know? Yeah, oh, my it's, God. It's a great performance. And I think we we can, certainly for us, we can lay this to bed, hand shot first. Of course he did. Of course, course he did. did. There was never any question. I don't know why that ever came into question other than George Lucas possibly has something wrong with his memory um yeah and that was the cool part and that fitted his character perfectly you know when he talks to uh, uh when he's there in the detention cell that's just brilliant when he's uh, he's quite obviously embarrassed himself yeah, yeah yeah um it's great um his treatment of princess leia his he wins at the end he's the one that saves the galaxy yeah um it's, oh, he's just cool. He's cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. I I can predict what your number one's going to be because yeah. your number one's going to be the same as mine. I think. I think so, yes. Which is Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones. The now Star Wars, <coughs> Han Solo, cool, but Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones. Despite the dodgy, dodgy, horribly dodgy character <laughs> implications, <laughs> and the fact I know that what he's you're not a particularly to. nice person. He's just like we watched it the other night, and um, me and I were just sort of discussing the, uh, the the you know when when he he says uh, you know he's talked to Marion. It's like I was just a girl, you were old enough, and she was like, "Does that mean what I'm saying?" It's like, yeah, it, in the original script, George Lucas, uh, you know, he's a paedophile, mm. um, and then you know when when Marcus comes to visit him in his house, and he comes out in his dressing gown, the girl that said. You know, had love you on his yeah. her eyelids. She's in the bedroom. It's like, and she goes, "Well, he, even as if he is a paedophile, he's still cool." <laughs> and I think that sums <laughs> it up, doesn't it? 
Indiana Jones is just he's what a, uh, an I again we bandy that about he that's he's an icon. He is an icon from you the get go. I mean there yep. can't be many as great introductions to a character than yeah. the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark where he's all you just see parts of him but then you yeah. know when he's shot he just the, comes out into the light and he yeah. steps into the light that whole opening yeah. scene I mean yeah he, again he can make himself look vulnerable he looks daft yeah. when he jumps the makes the jump as everything's falling apart but he misses and yeah. he looks quite helpless <laughs> before he starts yeah, like, on that I like plane. the fact that like you know it comes to what in every other film would be the sex scene and he falls asleep yes because he's knackered it's brilliant that's sexy i love the bit as well i mean ray's lost ark is fabulous you know it's one of my favorite all-time films because you've got the top-notch action but really nice observed comedy and one of my favorite moments is you know um when Marion turns the uh, the mirror yeah, the around, mirror. <laughs> smacks yeah. him in the face, and you don't see it, but yeah. you just hear it over the top of the uh, horn yeah. going on the ship, and then he's like rubbing his all, chin. Yeah, <laughs> all the comedy works in it. It does because it does. it's derived from situation, not the script, and it's brilliant. Um, I think we have to lay to rest. He is the world's shittest archaeologist. <laughs> he's not. He he would be locked away now. I mean he. He, he's, let's let's go through his character flaws, and bearing in mind he's still the coolest person ever. So he's a hypocrite. He moans uh, about um, Belloc doing stuff for money, but he's doing it for money yes. because he sells all his bits to the uh, the dodgy university. Um, he gets absolutely upset when Marion is supposedly killed. But he's been killing people all through the film without thought. He's a horrible man. Um, he's, he never does any real archaeology. He wouldn't be allowed on the set of Time Team. <laughs> Nothing's ever Can you imagine in Indiana Jones oh. on Time Team? <laughs> yeah, he'll just grab it, go, yoinks, and then run off, going... Boop, 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 boop. big boulder comes yeah. r- rolling down. Um, yeah, he never does anything in context. He destroys more archaeology than he <laughs> saves. He only saves the bit that's worth money. Um, he's not getting excited at a bone, is he? Or a, 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 a napped flint. He wants the gold. Um, yeah, he's he's a paedophile. Um, possibly a rapist. He's an absolutely horrible, horrible human being. But... But... <laughs> my God, he's cool. He's a cinema icon. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I had, um, to, I had to put yeah. Raiders above Star Wars. I had to. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's right. I think that's right. It t- I, I had to think about it sort of for a while, um, but Han Solo is is my childhood idea of cool. But Indiana Jones is just yeah, he's he's just cool. Mm. He gets the best lines. I don't know, I'm making this up as I go. Brilliant. Yeah. It's just he is. He was a breath of fresh air as a character. Um, and it, it, he's great. Mm. That's why I don't. I don't really want to see the new one. But like you say, you take from it what you will, and if you don't like it, forget about yeah. it. You know, don't, you don't um, have to watch it. Just watch the the two good ones. Yeah. Because the one thing I I did learn watching them all again, sort of in the last few weeks, is that Temple of Doom is terrible. Really? <laughs> it's awful. It's terrible. It's it's horribly racist. 
Um, but even the actual, the humour doesn't work, the characters don't work. Harrison Ford seems a bit bored by it all. It, yeah, it's not good at all. No. Uh, and the effects work is shockingly bad. Yeah, some of that map works. Uh, not, yeah, not stood up to very, the uh, test cool. of time, has it? All right, so that's us. That's our yep. uh, scores. So uh, we're, we're going to fly across the pond. Um, let's uh, look at Matt's okay. um, uh, ones first. In fifth place, um, if I say the character's name, do you know the film? Right. Oh. Uh, Rusty Savage. No. Rusty Savage. Uh, that's his character in Presumed Innocent. All right. No. Have you not seen it? I think I probably have. It rings a bell. Okay. Um, but no. All right. What about James Marshall in fourth place? Matt's got James Marshall. Uh, is that... No. That's not the fugitive, is it? No. All right. If I say he's President Tim. James Marshall... Oh, Air Force One. Air, Air Force One. Oh, no, that's a bad film. Well, I think I watched it once. Uh, um, then in third... That's snakes on a plane level of... Is it? You can, I, I've seen it a couple of times, and it's one of those... You, you occasionally see it and go, it's Hans before, should we watch it? You, it's, you've got to so turn your brain off there. Okay. In third place, Matt has put Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, only third. Mm, yep, yep. And... In second place, he has got Richard Kimball. Who's Richard Kimball? Yep. Uh, from The Fugitive. That's right. Uh, based on the uh, the TV uh, show. TV show. Um, that was hovering above. I do like that film. It's a good film, and I think he he does a really good performance. Yeah, you find this man. I fought with this yeah. man. Yeah, no, no, he's he's really good in that. Yeah, um, yeah, that. Yeah, he Fugitive would have been hovering outside. Yeah, my. Um, uh, Five. And then for number one, Matt has put Empire Strikes Back, Han Solo. Okay. All right. So that gets five points. So that's Matt's. Thank you, Matt. So we'll move over to Tim. Tim has got a character by the name of Mac Tamon. I don't know who Mac Tamon Mac is because I haven't Tamon. seen this film. Go right. on. Uh, What's the film? Anchorman 2. Oh, God, yeah. I've seen it, but... He, he's a, it's a cameo. Is it? Um, yeah, he. I think he plays one of the network bosses or something like that. It's so long since I've seen Anchorman 2. Okay. Um, Anchorman 1 is a, is a classic and a work of genius. Anchorman 2 was a cash grab, I think. Right. Okay. Um, number four, Ali Fox. Ali the Fox. character Ali Fox. Okay, that's from the Mosquito Coast, Harrison oh, Ford's okay. favourite film that he's he's done. I think I've seen it once, but that was—I couldn't even tell you what the plot was. I haven't seen it. Presumably, he goes down, he goes down to the coast and gets bitten by mosquitoes. No, it's some—it's something in South America, isn't Harrison Ford a conservationist or something in it? It's got River Phoenix in it, oh, hasn't right. it? Okay. Yes, yeah. Um, number. I was going to say what before he died, but of course it's before he died. <laughs> Um, third place, uh, Tim has put uh, Witness. Okay. Yep. Okay. Second place, he's put Han Solo, Empire Strikes Back. Right. That does seem to be the uh, the favoured. I'm making a note of all these numbers as I'm going. It yeah. does. It does. Yes. Yeah. And number one, Tim has got Richard Kimball. 
the fugitive. Oh, wow. Okay. So Indy didn't appear at all. Not at all in wow. um, in Tim's list. Uh, we'll move to Dave now, and there is no um, Indiana Jones nor Han Solo in Dave's list. Wow. Because okay. he he felt that would be unfair because it would be all Han Solo and Indiana Jones, I guess. Um, Harrison Ford is Dave's favourite actor. Um, right. And, you know... Did he name his son after him? Uh, no. No. So, we have got... Dave has put in fifth place Jack Ryan from Patriot I, Games. Which I think is a very good film. I never really bought him as Jack Ryan. No, um, because it Alec Baldwin was... Yeah. That's... Um, was the first one and I thought Alec Baldwin was really good so yeah Alec Baldwin was good I tell you who would have been a good Jack Ryan um, would have been Tom Hanks yeah I think they, they probably would have been very much but that when I read the books I picture someone a bit more Tom Hanks-ish or Alec Baldwin-ish than because it's not not really meant to be that cool a character is it it's no sort of a bit, bit nerdy yes um, yeah in fourth place Dave's got Quinn Harris Quinn Harris. Doesn't ring a bell? That's Six Days and Seven Nights. I don't even know that film. It's a comedy, isn't it? It's a rom-com. Is it? Yeah, with Anne Hesch. You're not selling it to me. No. I don't think I've seen it. No. Um, I, perhaps, perhaps we've gone wrong in that we've, we've sort of gone with starring vehicles, haven't we? Yes. Yeah, perhaps yeah, yeah. We, we should have widened it. But okay. I, I mean, I've not... I, can't say I've seen it. Okay. Um, uh, Harrison Ford and comedy. Ooh, uneasy bedfellows, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, third place, Dave's got Air Force One. Yeah. Yeah. So. I say it's, it's, it's an enjoyable film. Yeah. Second place, Richard Kimball and The Fugitive. Yep. Good film. Yeah. So just make a note of that. And then number one, Dave has put Mosquito Coast. Okay. So I, I fear that. Um, the, the, these lesser-known films are going to sweep this using the accumulator. It's going to be interesting, this. Yeah. yeah. So, and then finally we've got Chris. Yeah. And Chris, in his fifth place, has got The Fugitive. All right. Okay. All right. So that gets a point. And fourth place, Chris has got Air Force One. Right. So that gets two points. Then in third place, Chris has got Indiana Jones... The Last Crusade. Okay. Um, and yeah, I I know why Chris has gone for that because you know it is the it is the relationship between Indy and his yeah. father. I think that and Sala is back as well. And yeah. yeah, it's a good. It's that should have been the last film. It was a lovely feel good. It, it should have great at the end. Well, they literally went yeah. off into the sunset, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like Never Ending Story Part Two. Well, how can you yeah. have a part two if it's a never-ending story? You know? Exactly. Yeah, that, it's finished. Right, so, uh, and then second place, Chris has put Han Solo, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Seems to be the fan favourite, that one. Yeah, and first place, Chris has got Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana hey, Jones. well done. All right, so, now I've got to add all these up. Right, would you hazard okay. a guess? Would you like to guess for after all that... What? I, I think, um, well, I know, so Raiders is at least three of us have put that as number one. Mm-hmm. But the trouble is, I think, also, using the accumulator system, I think um, 
which uh, Kimball is going to get quite high. Well, I'm, I'm, and Air Force One is going to get quite high. Okay. Well, I am I am busy adding up as I speak. Yep. Just bear with me a minute. Okay. Nearly there. One more to do. Uh, this right. Is, uh, this is this nail-biting. Thrilling so. podcasting. This. Yeah. Right. So the votes are in, as they say. All right. So from bottom to top, we go joint bottom, presumed innocent. And Patriot Games. Right. Right. Then we've got Six Days, Seven Nights. Oh, no. Anchorman 2 was in there as well, joint bottom. Okay. Then uh, Six Days, Seven Nights. Then we go to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Ooh. All right. Judgment Hire. Then yeah, Witness. Then Blade Runner. Deckard. Right. Wow. Okay. So quite low for our for yeah. our show. Um, then after that we have got dot 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 Air Force One. Right. Then Star Wars Han Solo. Right. Right. And we've got three left. Okay. No, we haven't. We've got uh, Mosquito Coast. Right. Nine and points. Mosquito Coast above Star Wars. Yes, yeah. So, we have three less left, right? We have The Fugitive, Empire Strikes Back, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Right. In third place, we have The Fugitive. Okay. Second place, Empire Strikes Back. Right. So, winning Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Quite Jones right. with 18 points. There was only two Come points on, right, between um, Raiders and Empire Strikes Back, and only two points yeah. between Empire and The Fugitive. So that's a that that got well close. They got very close at the top end there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm alright as long as Raiders won. That's all. Yeah. And you you sprung on all of us yesterday the yeah. notion of uh, what what do you think is the uh, your least favourite Harrison Ford role? Yeah, um, which is. Yeah, I was just thinking because again, it can be just the one, um, and for me, uh, purely because he shows no interest in it whatsoever. He's not even acting. He's barely reading his lines, and the rest of the film is so bad it can't sort of buoy him up. Is uh, Force Ten from Navarone? Really? Yeah. Awful. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, I asked the four guys for theirs. Yeah. Uh, Dave declined because he said there is no such thing. And, uh, uh, and okay. <laughs> There's loyalty. <laughs> um, Chris said he'd think about it, but he hasn't come back yep. in time to actually okay. tell us. Uh, um, Tim says, I can't think of a bad role. Maybe Ender's Game, which was a boring kids movie. Yeah, you could have put was. any gruff veteran actor in that role and it would have been the same crap film. Well, it seemed to me like they filmed it in his office or something or in his front room and just batted it in mm. yeah um, Matt said um, uh, his contender is the um, holiday special cartoon segment that man cannot voice act oh. and he says if that doesn't count my next choice is Firewall not a bad performance per se more one he just walked through to get done yeah. to no me. I think I think Star Wars holiday special well, that's that's my choice, uh, but yeah. all of it. Um, yeah. He he, you, 
you remember there was that LP, uh, Monty Python had an LP called the Contractual, Contractual Obligation, Obligation album. album. Yeah. That, I mean, they were obliged to make the holiday yes. special. And he couldn't look more embarrassed in the live action no, segments. Yeah, he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to do it. He knows it's shit. And yeah. Matt's right. His his voice work for the cartoon, it's like, yeah. is that Harrison Ford? It, it, it is a really yeah. weird delivery. I wonder if it, because of that they went, let's not get him for the radio broadcast. No, they got Perry King in. Yeah. Instead. It was all right. I, I quite liked his. Oh, I didn't like him at all so because he is impersonating Harrison Ford, and there's only yeah. one Harrison Ford. And Perry King, you ain't no Harrison Ford. So <laughs> I, I, I really found him very irritating. When you've got Anthony Daniels and Luke Skywalker, uh, Mark Hamill, yeah. and then suddenly you've got this, you know, Han Solo light actor. Um, yeah, it, it was just very jarring to me. Very jar jarring. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, so that's it. Thank, th- right, th- right th- 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 thank you, uh, Swick, um, for your yes, input you on this. Um, yeah, um, that, that's been great fun. And this is a, a great episode. My God, um, what's the it's length of it now? Coming up on two and a half hours. Wow. Um, but it is our last one. Yes, yeah, the end of an era. Yeah, we may come back and look at, um, you know, films that were have been painfully... Yeah. Either well, influenced I mean, by Blade Runner if, or, or rip it off. Yeah, they might. They might do the TV show eventually. Oh yeah, this thing that's this streaming thing. Yeah. I because they're talking about it's set like 50 years after 2049, yeah. aren't they? And I just not a lot of interest to be fair. I just hope there's no reference yeah. to Deckard or Roy Batty yeah, or Kay even. You, you you don't need it. Um, you know, it's a big enough universe that you've created. Go off-world. Do something different, yeah. you know? Give Agreed. us something we haven't seen before, not a riff on what we've already had, you know? All right, well, that's us. That's uh, that's yeah. it. Thanks for all your uh, hours and hours and hours um, looking into Blade Runner and watching Blade Runner and talking about Blade Runner. No, I, I enjoyed this one. Um, my, my views have changed. I've learned stuff, learned quite a bit. Uh, thank you to all our listeners that have listened from the beginning of this one. Yes, um, yeah. Uh, you, you should really find something better to do with your time, but yeah, I mean, thank I mean, you, yeah, yeah, thank I, you for doing it. Yeah, I mean, the show's over, but um, the Facebook page will live on. So yeah, yes. let us know what your you know top five Harrison Ford yeah. roles are. Uh, that, and that we will, nice. yeah, we will, we do do other podcasts if you haven't discovered them yet. Yeah, yeah, um, we've still got and, Alien in character yeah. going and Doctor Who, but we've got to announce a new one. Yes. Because Ian and I enjoy our Sunday afternoons talking and, um, you know, the, the, the void has to be filled and we're filling it and we're announcing it now, aren't we? Haven't we haven't got lives, have we? <laughs> this is going to be, um, I think our next show is going yeah. to be, I've got a feeling it's going to appeal more to the Brits than yeah, a, so. a, an international audience um, because I don't know how well known the... Th- topics we're going to be talking about are known around the world i know that they were big here but it's going to be interesting so let's announce it yeah our next show is it's basically it it's similar to what we do on doctor who adversaries which is um each episode we we look at a story from you know each of the doctors um go all the way through and ian and i take it in turns choosing a story for the next uh, Doctor, we're going to do the same sort of thing, but with the shows of Jerry Anderson, aren't we? 
We are, yes. Yeah, so there'll be no strings attached. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to we're gonna do them in order. Yes. Taking a, a story from each yes. run. Yeah, and we're going to take um, it in turns doing just like we do with Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're starting with Fireball XL5 back in the black and white puppet era, going right the way up to the 80s with uh, Terror Hawks. Um, each show in turn, so all the way through the puppet series of Stingray, Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, Joe Knighty, then into live action for, for UFO, Space 1999, and then back to, well, whatever the heck those things were in Terror Hawks. Uh, we're, keep, we're cutting out Secret Service. We're not going to do yes. Secret Service because we have no desire to... Yeah, neither of us have seen it or have an interest, uh, have in, any it. interest yeah. in it. So that's what we're going to be doing, and that will fill the slot of Blade Runner in character. Yes. So roughly two weeks after you hear this, we'll be uh, launching Fireball XL5, won't we? Yes, we yeah. will. Off its little ramp. So look out for that. We're, we're calling it Jerry Anderson's Heroes and Villains. Um, by the time you hear this, a Facebook page will be set up already for our first episode, even though we haven't yeah, recorded come, it. Come and join us. Come and join us over there. Yeah, yeah. If, 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 if you like. If not, we've got another podcast coming up, um, which will replace Alien in character, which yes. I think will be done before the summer. Um, we got another one, which is more of an international appeal, but we won't talk about that one just no. yet. Yeah. No, but yeah, it's pro- probably got more of a yeah a, a non-UK. Yeah. Although I, I don't know, I don't, I don't I know think how popular in America. Is. What what uh, the Anderson shows? I don't yeah, know. I'm not sure. I I really don't know, but it's going to be interesting this one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, one last time. Thank you very much, Ian. No problem. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. And time to put that Blu-ray away. Yeah, it's always a sad bit. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay, folks. Thanks for uh, hanging on in there with us. And uh, yeah, bye bye then. Thanks, then. Bye. Bye.